Welcome. Clint's girlfriend is on one. Welcome back. Beautiful and amazing human beings. My name is Zerkadowski here of the bestpoliticalshow.com as of course we are going to be live for the next two hours with some really interesting, awesome human beings here in-house, in studio as of course the news just keeps getting crazier, especially coming from Texas and Canada, where it looks like they are joining Europe in their full rebellion against the state. What is going on here? We're going to be talking about that plus a lot more, as, of course, the situation could turn very dangerous very quickly. Hopefully it doesn't. But with the way that things are going, man, the rhetoric is getting heated. So. For the next two hours, make sure to share this broadcast with your friends and family members, as, of course, you also get to participate in the conversation by signing up to LukeUnfiltered.com. You could sign up for less than $8 a month, and then by doing so, you get access to a Telegram channel that I am inside right now, and we will be taking callers 5.30 p.m. Eastern when we go over to our virtual free safe space that is Rumble, and the conversation is definitely going to get a lot more interesting from here. Another way that you could participate is, of course, through Super Chats, Rumble Rants, or as we prefer, mysuperchats.com. The link is down in the description below. They only take a 3% service charge, and your text actually shows up on screen. Mysuperchats.com. Go check that out. As, of course, I, I cannot wait. It's going to be a little bit difficult for, for me to, to have this conversation because, it, you know, YouTube... You can't say a lot of stuff. You got to keep it superficial. And we got some we got some really amazing, fascinating people in-house today. One of those individuals is Ben Stewart, someone that I knew for a very long time who made some incredible documentaries, climatic, uh, Climatica, Esoteric Agenda, really top-level, top-notch stuff that wasn't just superficial stuff. It was deep down the rabbit hole. It, it, it was absolutely tremendous, incredible work. So we are honored and privileged to have Ben Stewart here. Ben, for the people who might not know you, who are you and how would you introduce yourself? And Ian, we could hear that clack a lack of a bitch. I got you. Yeah, well, you know, really awesome to be down here, Luke. Um, so you can go to benjosephstewart.com to find my work. But I'm an artist, first and foremost, a uh, filmmaker, musician. Lately, it's been a lot of film. Uh, we can talk about my latest film coming up. Um, but yeah, artist, first and foremost. I try not to, I research such a broad base of things. I try not to be an evangelist for any certain worldview, but an artist that just causes people to want to look deeper. For the record, that movie was called Chimatica, not Climatica, but that would have been badass if we should talk that's, about that on that's Rumble. That's the rated X version. Yeah. Chimatica, which the movie Luke mentioned, is... Uh, I'm, I'm dyslexic for full gonna, disclosure. It's about <laughs> the vibrate. how... Well, cymatics is the science of how vibration alters shape. I'd never heard of it until I saw Chimatica, and you kind of integrated that into the movie, I remember. It was a long time ago that I saw it to this day. It was fascinating. No, it, it was. It was like I, I remember watching it, and I remember being like, "Wow, this is like some esoteric knowledge and information that we, we we're not getting anywhere else." And you really, uh, I, I don't know what kind of old scriptures you dusted off in order to provide us some of the most kind of thought-provoking information. But you, you found some gems and you shared them with the general public in a way that I thought was extremely helpful, very entertaining, and and more importantly, just very thought-provoking. So uh, we'll get into that. You also have a new movie. We'll talk about that, and uh, I can't wait for the rumble discussion because it's going to get uh according to some people very woo woo 
In related to very woo-woo news, Ian Crossland is also in the house. Woo-woo. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I brought my vibrator, my rice hey, machine. Hey, hey, come on, man. This I'll is be a, a family-friendly show my, here, My Ian. copper vibration techniques. I got these awesome copper coils, and I'll, I'll be vibrating us all later at different frequencies. We were literally talking about coffee enemas. We were talking yeah. about... It's going it, we'll to... We'll we'll it's going to get hot. We'll save it for Rumble. For, for the people who don't know you, Ian, you how can, would you introduce I, yourself? Well, I'm a, I'm a wacky artist, musician, also... Uh, uh, co-host of Timcast IRL on YouTube Monday through Friday 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and uh, that generally that's what I do. Right now, man, I'm just glad to be back where the weather's nice. Wow, my DNA is lit up compared to where it was like 12 hours ago up north. Woo! I'm it's, back. It's, it's, it's the vitamin D and, and also the larger energetic energy fields here in Miami that are so much more better than Maryland. I'll leave it at that. Clint, the Clint. VP, the vice president of yeah. the Libertarian Party and, of course, host of the Ivory Tower Gang, right? <laughs> the Ivory Tower Gang. Yeah, that's us. Uh, Clint Russell, host of Liberty Lockdown, co-host of Tower Gang. If you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe to Liberty Lockdown on YouTube as well. Uh, and uh, what else? Oh, yeah. Co-host of thebestpoliticalshow.com. We appreciate your work as always. We got stuff on the buttons. Steph, we are changed here already. Let's go. All right. There's a lot of news happening right now. Enough of the pleasant trees, as of course, there looks like there's a full on rebellion happening within the United States. As of course, as of yesterday's developments, many other states have joined in support of Texas with their larger pushback against the federal government and the United States Supreme Court that told them specifically, hey, no more barbed wires on the U.S. border. You got to allow people to walk into this country. And Texas said, no, we're just not going to comply. We're not going to be doing any of that. And as of right now, some people are correcting me. Some people are saying there's even more states that joined in support of Texas. But so far, the list that I have in front of me, correct me if I'm wrong, it's Florida, Virginia, Georgia, North Dakota, South Dakota, Tennessee, Alabama, Montana, Idaho, Utah, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Nebraska, and Louisiana that is joining the full list of other states saying enough is enough when it comes to the federal government literally importing the third world into the United States. This is a major development. There's a lot at stake here. What is your guys' understanding of it and just how far do you think it, it could go? I think the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court said that Texas has no right to remove the barriers. I believe that's what they said. Is that all that they, the statement that they made? It was the opposite. It was They said that the feds have the right okay, to remove that's what, the barriers. They didn't say that Texas has to take them down. They said the federal government has the authority to remove them. They didn't say that Texas can't put another one up if they do that, but they're just saying... So they didn't like say like Texas, you can't, you can't, you can't. They're just saying, yo, by the way, our feds do have the authority to do that, which that's a little bit of a, a breathing room. But realistically, I think all these states are doing the right thing, getting out ahead of this, because you cannot let the federal government threaten to nationalize your 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 reserves, your army reserves. Those are state reserves. In my opinion, you sign up for the state national guard, you're there to preserve and protect the state first. And the feds have no authority to take you away. Some will argue that they do. I mentioned that last night that there's a Defend the Guard Act that's been getting pushed through the state houses of many states. And that actually does make it so that I think it's without a declaration of war that the Biden administration would not be capable of of ever bringing uh, National Guard troops into the fold of the feds. So uh, if people are interested in in actually stopping this or cutting it off at the pass, the Defend the Guard Act, people need to check that out. Yeah, I mean, this immigration issue is something that's at the forefront of this presidential election. So forcing the Biden administration to act here is going to be something that I'm keeping an eye on because they could very simply overreact. They could also underreact. But they're in a they're in a tough position where they either look weak 
which uh, Biden really doesn't like uh, looking weak. If you look at a lot of the larger kind of photo ops he does, he always tries to make himself look like he's some kind of uh, dictator standing on a field with red lights all around him. And he's always acting like he's the tough guy. And he's also pretty old and old people usually spaz out sometimes and freak out. So so what is the, what is going to be the response here is something that I think is going to be something that we all need to carefully watch and, and hope won't be an overreaction. Yeah, if they were somehow the federal government wanted to nationalize the the the, the army reserves, the nas- the the national guard, they would have to claim that there's an invasion and use that as the precipice. Which is the which is why they have to take down the that uh, the border fencing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so what can they be like? We have there's an invasion. We need to nationalize your guard now. All the guards stand back and let the invasion continue. Like you can't do that. That's not a real invasion. Yeah. Like that's not what the founding fathers intended for the federal government to be able to do is to facilitate an invasion. No. Indeed. Anyway, what are you I think we're all you know judging single military age men by the cover. We should just let them in and have conversations. With like them. across the border <laughs> yeah. without documentation. Yeah, I mean, we should, we should give them a phone. Peace circles, you know, couple you know. thousand dollars. Sing I'm, kumbaya. I'm sure the the three or four or five or six or seven million that have come across over the past twelve months. I'm sure they all are good intention. They all have just the American dream in mind. They're all going to work hard. They have no interest in taking welfare payments or anything like that. And I think we could just relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like we're we're in a deficit. It's not like we have a bunch of debt. We have a bunch of money that we could give these yeah, guys. Oh, for sure. Sure. Yeah. There's tons of homes and privileged <laughs> white men and women. Re- with real empty estate rooms. Real estate is really priced reasonably right now. I got to ask you, Ben. Yeah, I, the housing market so reasonable <laughs> right now. It's not like there's going to be an increase in it because of too many people coming in and there not being enough homes. What, so. what is your general take on this stuff at the border? And, and, and more specifically, why do you think this is happening? I'm a conspiracy theorist. So, I mean, like when I take a look at this thing, I make no bones about it because I may not be right, but I just, I, I catch a whiff of it and I know whether or not it feels safe or it feels legitimate. And obviously there's nothing about this that seems legitimate, and there's nothing I can say about it that hasn't already been said by people. There's this feels like a a setup to checkmate for me. Um, I go back all the way to Catherine Austin Fitz, who worked under George H.W. Bush. She was at HUD. She's a fascinating woman. I, I talked to her and interviewed her before. And the stuff that she lays out and her and the larger plans, especially when it comes to the smart grid and the smart cities, top top-notch stuff so such out to her you just like sparked my memory of her and i'm like she's brilliant sorry she's go great ahead. she has a podcast called financial rebellion i think if anybody is interested in where cbdc's are going or how to in a sense take a little bit of their power back from the the major banks um go check out her work but she's been saying for a long time she was tracking 21 trillion dollars missing from the federal budget for quite some time And as she was looking deeper into it, she said there was insiders that were telling her the United States is done. Um, There needs to be a a sequence of forward-facing events so the public can make sense out of why the nation goes from, you know, like number one down to, you know, however far we, we seem to be dropping. And so I don't know how that plays in. I don't know what her thoughts are on 9-11 on, you know, the housing crash. Uh, Whitney Webb definitely thinks that every single um, market crash is is moving us in one and only one direction. Um, so to me, the way that it looks to me is like there, there needs to be these forward-facing excuses for people who don't really watch daily news all the time. They're not trying to dig beneath the surface to explain how things got so 
you know, the way that they are right now. So COVID being one of them, I mean, it doesn't matter what you think of COVID. If you take a look at the response of it, and it you know, there was definitely questions about like, did we respond in the correct way? But that's Catherine Austin Fitz. I'm just kind of throwing it out to her. I'm a yeah, filmmaker. If, if, my, if my team's watching right now, let's reach out to her. Let's get her on the show here because she would provide some excellent context about what's happening to right now. And she'd be awesome. I think the, the women that I think would be excellent on this show, Catherine Austin Fitz, Whitney Webb, if, you know, if you could reach yeah, out Whit to her. Whitney's in Chile. We actually uh, spoke together at the Bitcoin conference. We were on the stage together. We shared a panel. Brilliant young woman who is absolutely top-notch, like one of the smartest women out there. The data and information she provided about that guy on that private island that we can't talk about here on YouTube, mm. top-notch, best stuff out there. So shouts out to her. And, of course, come back to Miami. Let's hang out. And you're, of course, welcome to come on the show as well, anytime. Yeah, man. Um, and Allison McDowell is the last name. Wrench in the gear com. She is laying out the smart city agenda better than anyone I've ever seen. Wrenchinthegears.com. She is the one who really turned me on to um, cognitive cities, C40 cities, which is the next evolution of smart cities or 15 minute cities. So I won't go on a tirade about that. But for me, I, you know, it, it doesn't behoove me to just give the benefit of the doubt of what's happening with the border. Well, it, we what, had, what do you think the larger conspiracy could be? And, and sorry, Clint, if you want to say something, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say we had a, a viewer last night that told us about this documentary from uh, Muckraker, which I watched on the treadmill this morning. And it is 45 minutes, and it's a, a an American journalist that, that embeds himself with these migrant caravans all the way from South America through Central America all the way up. And every step of the way, there are U.N., uh, you know, and, and NGO organizations that are handing out maps. Many of them are handing out resources, food and, and care, um, all under the pretense of humanitarianism. But they're giving maps with multiple different locations by which they can actually enter the U.S. So this is this is a United Nations and NGO led plan to essentially you know what you can you can come to your own make, conclusion make America into a third world country sure. and to implement the UN 2030 vision which of course is all about top down control and centralization of every aspect of your life that's going to be controlled by fat cat bureaucratic beckies telling you how to live your life sorry i just had to get that out there we got some breaking news as new hampshire also just joined their support of texas and the map keeps growing red as Let's many go free uh, state. many the free state project literally tweeted uh, we're in <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I'm showing on screen right now, as, of course, a lot of states are putting their support be be, uh, behind Texas. And uh, this is this is pretty incredible to see. Let me know uh, what the name of that documentary is. And I'm curious if that dude is the one who's always on Redacted with Clayton Morris. Probably. OK, because Clayton for a while now has been talking with somebody who's tracking all the way from Hon uh, Honduras and Venezuela where where these people at oh, least i think i think you're talking about michael yawn this is a, yes. a younger guy um but this younger dude actually I, I don't know about what yawn does but this younger dude actually got on top of the trains he got into the into the uh like i don't know the vehicles that were closed off and he he did the entire hike the three days through the four or through the rainforest like he did the entire thing i was i was amazed at the courage it would take to do that but then you realize that there's you know, there's millions of people that are doing that. And, and I think that there's there's oftentimes a mistake when when people are concerned about what amounts to an, an invasion, because we're talking five to 10 million people annually, that there's not sympathy for the people that are, are being led down that, that path. 
I have a tremendous amount of sympathy, even for economic migrants. I think that that many of them are doing it for the right reasons. They want to come across. They want to make their lives better. They want their, their children to be safe. Many of them are fleeing cartels and, and corrupt governments. The problem is that we have a corrupt government and we have an economy that's in decline and we have real estate that's that's out of uh, you know any young person's price range. And it's like this is just not to the benefit of the American people. And if unless you're a globalist, you have to realize that there has to be a line, a line drawn at some point where we go, this is too much. Yeah, well, I mean, the narrative that all of this seems to fall under is weaponizing people's compassion. Indeed. Because you can make a case, like you said, like many of these people, what are they fleeing from? They're looking for a better life. Therein lies the whole process by which we have a process for them to come into the country. Mm-hmm. And that's that's conveniently the part that's left out by anybody who's trying to make light of what's happening at the border. Exactly. If we could put on, uh, on our uh, conspiracy theory tinfoil hats, what's the larger kind of um, goal here? What's going on here? Is there some people saying, you guys are being set up, there's going to be another J6, this is another uh, thing that's going to play along with what the government wants. I haven't gone that far uh, down uh, that potential rabbit hole, but what do you guys think is really going on here? If you would... Theorize. I, I kind of defer to what you were saying about Agenda 2030. I don't know a lot about it, but is there literally a plan, a globalization yes. te- tactic? You can you can read it on the United Nations website. This is no this is no hidden secret. This they is talk about development goals. It it covers pharma. I mean, it, it goes through a laundry list of things. Yeah, it's, yeah it's super old news. Like when I wrote an article for We Are Change back in the day, people were commenting and getting super angry because I was writing about the tiny house movement, and they were like, "This is Agenda 20 or Agenda 30, 2030." I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's not what I'm trying to say," but I could see where you're coming from. I yeah. thought that too. I went through that tiny house phase and I wondered if I was doing predictive programming or being programmed predictively for this like downsizing movement. Okay. Pod slave life. Soon like, you're going to start hankering bugs, Ian. It was similar with the <laughs> RV life. I saw a lot of RV life and I was like, ooh, that would be really cool just to like have my own space. Yeah. Like, even if yeah. it's just little, you know. Luke, like, Luke did it for a while. RV life is hard. It's difficult. It, it, like, it, trust me, there's, there's instances where you just... You got to deal with your own ish in more ways than one. <laughs> and those things always break down. There's always some maintenance. There's always a chance of mold. It's not fun. Well, I, I yeah. don't ever take my tinfoil hat off. It's actually in the lining of my beanie. So it's actually uh, inserted in, in some, <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> I, 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 you can never have too much tinfoil. I, I put it everywhere. Uh, but I, I, I'm a firm believer, and you know, contrary to James Lindsay, who's a friend friend of the show, uh, that that there has to be some level of backbone backbone demonstrated by the American people at some point, and and this this constant fear mongering about if we ever protest, if we ever say no, ever, then we are playing into the hands of the of the Fed. It's like no, no, no. If you never say no. You're absolutely playing into the hands of the feds and the, and the globalists. And, so. and the tiny homes are going to lead to tiny coffins, um, essentially, for what a lot of people are saying. And, and uh, tiny but, hands also, I think. <laughs> Just imagine over time, you know, genetically, you know. Well, uh, genetically, people are, are being altered to have smaller and smaller, you know what, can't say here what, on, on YouTube, say, yeah, and but I, smaller I Gucci's. There's a war on the Gucci's, too. That's absolutely messed up. And what's happening to newborn male babies is absolutely terrifying and mm. should scare the utter crap out of people. But it's, it's, it's essentially a eugenics operation being carried out and not just uh, sterilizing people, but, but getting rid of their, their masculinity in more ways it, than one. Uh, like two, two weeks ago or something, John Kerry, I think, said, you know, anyone that thinks they're going to try and stop this, this shift to the new world order, I don't know if he used these words exactly, but this is what he was saying. It, it, it's fruitless. You have no, ch- this cannot he, be I think stopped. He, I think he said it was too late. It's too late. Like, 
like it, the, it, the plan has already been implemented. It's actuated. We're in the near whatever he was implying. Mm-hmm. Is that the vibe you're getting to? Well, see here, I get several vibes. I do the. Um, I think it was was it Socrates who said, believe everything and nothing at the same time and you'll never be surprised. I don't get any brownie points for thinking I'm right about something and then eventually being right. I take a look at all possible scenarios. So in the same way, I take a look at what is the worst case scenario of what's happening here is like illegal migrants of military age, single men. And I I think it was, where was it? You know, that, that were saying like, and was it New York where they were suggesting, like, if you have an extra room? Yes, please that can- was the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, suggesting essentially that they might have to go after people who have an, an empty room or mm-hmm. an empty house or a summer house or a summer vacation house that's going to have to house some of these migrants. Yeah. And in Toronto, they were looking at possibly 16% rise in property taxes because of the refugees up there. So, like, to me, this all, I mean, the, the worst case scenario is this all goes back to what Catherine Austin Fitz said. And that's back in the 90s, there was already this idea that the United States ran its course, will not be number one, maybe we won't be a third world country, but it's not going to be number one anymore. It's not the Bretton Woods era anymore. And if you take a look at that, I don't know exactly how it um, collides with the smart cities, the 15 minute cities. um, But I mean, in Esoteric Agenda, I made that in 2008 or released in 2008. There's this guy, Michael Shaw that was talking about Agenda 21 at that time, and he was showing this map, and I just couldn't believe it. He said, look at these big, wide areas of, like, yellow and white. Those are all the areas that are going to be off-limits to people who don't have clearance to go into that area. So nature can bounce back because of what we've done to the climate, what we've done to nature. And you see all these tiny black dots. These are the mega cities. They're smart cities. I didn't have the wherewithal to... I was like, there's no way you could get people to go along with that unless there's events that make people believe that this is the only way. But then the deeper, I didn't know what smart cities were until I started um, getting in, I think it was Robert Spaulding, who is a retired Air Force colonel who is saying, if you go to smart cities, of which there are over 120 in China, Alibaba is controlling the traffic, other algorithms are controlling you know, other aspects, and there are so many cameras that you are in the device. It doesn't matter if you throw away your phone, you want to stop being tracked, you're in the device. So I think that this this is a tiptoe, and I, I could be wrong, but I, you know, to me, I'd, I'd rather consider the worst case scenario. I think this is a tiptoe process to make it seem like the world is heading in this direction. So the only way that we can truly do right by um, nature, by the climate, all that stuff is to stop driving, get into these 15-minute um, cities. If you have a car, it needs to have a kill switch on it. All these things that are basically like, forget the fact that this is the perfect setup for totalitarianism. <laughs> forget all that. We're, we're in a crisis period. Drastic times call for drastic measures. Which is why it's all done under the pretense of, of climate change. Mm-hmm. I mean, John Kerry, when he was talking about it, that's exactly what he, that's that's the context with which he was speaking about it. And and for those that don't understand, the reason he said that that it's too late is because the corporations are already on board because the biggest money managers are already on board and and that is how this thing actually went from idea and philosophy into action it was it was foisted upon all of the largest corporations all over the world and it was then marketed and propagandized to the to the people of the world through the world economic forum and the the leadership therein yeah, we yeah. got a rumble rant from Crash Bandit who said just spending my fed coin for the day Ian here 
is a link, and he published the link to, of course, uh, the 2030 UN agenda. Oh, nice. So if you're on Rumble, you could actually click on his Rumble rant, and it will take you to I, the 2030 I am, uh, and I will. Thank you. So I, I just want to mention one more thing, which, uh, like, I wouldn't say I believe it, but uh, I've heard the theories out there that m may not be all natural disasters for sure, but when you see natural disasters, every single time I see a natural disaster now, I go and I check what a, what agenda has already been put in place to turn that into a smart city. <laughs> wow. I have not, it, it, without fail, every single area has had an agenda for a smart city. I can say I understand the opposite argument, which is, well, what if this agenda is everywhere already, then it doesn't matter where there's going to be a natural disaster, there will have been a plan to put a smart city in, in its place. But you look at Ukraine, who's who's looking at uh, rebuilding that, they're not going to rebuild it according to old standards. Well, Maui as well. Exactly. I mean, jump smart Maui. Yep. And really looking deeply into, um, Allison McDowell looks deeply into what they're doing just off the coast with mining off the coast of um, uh, Hawaii there too. So to me, whenever I see these, it's a red flag to see a huge natural disaster. And then you take a look at it and you're like, well, when they rebuild it, doesn't matter who pays for it. It's rebuilt as a smart city, which is a device. Do you use 15 minute city and smart city interchangeably? I'm using it interchangeably right now because I think the concept is similar enough. Yeah, they're intertwined. I, yeah, and same with cognitive cities. I mean, that's the next evolution of it. But the you know, the thing is, is like 4G was eventually going to turn to 5G, which is eventually going to turn to 6G, where we all have digital twins run through sentient world simulation. What are cognitive cities? If you look at C40 cities, it's um, I like honestly the huge difference between a smart city and a cognitive city. I don't fully understand, but the way Allison McDowell is breaking it down is it doesn't matter whether we have decentralization or not. Every city is going to be a petri dish by which you can push, let's say, a crisis into that city and monitor how people behave. So you're monitoring um, collective behavior: who are the rebels, who are the followers how do rebels think, you know, how do they problem solve? And it's the same thing within Montessori, who, some who, Montessori yeah. schools Who's the thought well. criminal? When do they use their microwave? How, how much food they have in their fridge? Every little thing is being calculated in this huge database grid that, of course, is all-knowing and has a lot of power over you. Steph, you want to say anything? Yeah, I was. you just said that this is also involved in Montessori schools. That I was wanted you to elaborate on. But before that, I was just wondering, is there an example of one of these right now? Um, and how is this different from, let's just say, communist China? Well, they're doing a trial program in the United Kingdom, actually, of a 15-minute city where mm -hmm. they say, you can't drive to this area. Uh, there's a congestion fee here as well. They're trying to implement that in New York City. So there's a, there's a lot of trial programs where they're implementing soft versions of this, all in the name of like fighting the weather and making the weather gooder, but also, more importantly, centralizing control of every aspect of your life, which is the end game here. Totally. I mean, like, what's the difference with China? There is no difference other than the fact that they're farther on down the line. Exactly. Because if you look at you know, I just did this film with Tim Poole um, called Game of Money. So it's on his site. And we kind of track the whole history of what money used to be, how it evolved, why it went through gold, why it went through currency, and how it's arriving now uh, with FedNow and CBDCs, which are programmable digital money. 
the only difference, well, the major difference between that and let's say Bitcoin is it's centralized, it's programmable. Let's say in China, there are certain currencies that they've used that have an expiration date. So bye-bye savings. It's like a coupon now. And mixing in with the 15-minute city idea is you drive outside of your area, your money doesn't work out there. So get rid of cash. You can only use the CBDC. Maybe there will be a false flag, like Whitney Webb believes there will be a cyber attack just because she's going off of what uh, Klaus Schwab is saying. There yeah, and there are cyber polygon war games where they were simulating this with large governments like the Russian government that participated in it and was literally doing similar uh, things to Event 201 yeah. like they were doing now with uh, a larger kind of infrastructural attack on, on the United States so and, and the world. Would it be like, oh, cyber attack the whole grid went down we can't rely on centralized power grids anymore we need them decentralized in these cities your city will be your own power grid your own internet and that's how they'll kind of false flag people into wanting it yeah i mean like they're to me the i hate to say this because it's not like i'm giving them the idea but if i were them and i wanted the same thing they wanted if you control the media which i mean you can pretty much um, after the Smith Modernization Act, you can use propaganda on the people here. You know, all you got to do is create the right story, which makes the right pretext to where people ask for it, thinking that they're doing the right thing. That's weaponizing our compassion. And then on on top of that, when we're talking about like, uh, what was the last thing you said when we were talking about the CBDCs? I already forgot to. <sighs> My brain works in a weird way where I just like kind of get it all out and then I totally forget about it. You got to click the button, Jeff. But you know what this makes me think of? Because I was just watching something on uh, David Icke wrote a response to Elon Musk about his X app. And I was just thinking about that because in China, they have something called WeChat. And mm -hmm. in WeChat, they have money and you pay with your phone, you pay with your WeChat. And it's kind of like an everything app. And X, Whitney Elon, Webb. everything app. Yeah, Whitney Webb says that's exactly what X is. Well, it's, that is it, what it, I'm, I'm just, I, I it's do. It's data like aggregation. It it's a lot of words that you can then and and concepts that you can plug into the AI, the large language models that Elon has already said he wants to work on. Uh, and you know, like honestly, I think there's a lot of nuance here. I don't ever bring up somebody's name to throw them under the bus, but like Whitney Webb, the way that she was talking about that, and that actually reminds me of what I wanted to circle back around on, was Whitney Webb reported on the CTIL back in 2021. Michael Schellenberger is recently talking about it, but he's really only talking about like the censorship industrial complex. When Whitney Webb talked about it in 2021, she was like, why do these foreign, like uh, Ohad Zadenberg, who is, um, maybe he's not even ex, but I think he's ex-Israeli intelligence and a lot of public-private partnerships that connect into foreign influence over um, infrastructure, critical infrastructure. So waterways like dams, electric um, grids, as well as nuclear power plants. So the CTIL, the, the thing that's not being shared all over the media is that they have access, a backdoor access to critical infrastructure, which Whitney Webb says is the absolute perfect way for you to, let's say there's a cyber attack. How do we know who it was? Well, the CTIL will tell us who it was. How do we know? Well, medium to low probability um, that it's definitely Iran. You know, they'll say stuff like that because they use the same tactic that we've seen prior, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's, just it's, just it's look all, at the Nord Stream pipeline. Right. 
Yeah, they're, they're not going to tell us the truth. No. Like, 9% chance that it was 100% them. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, I got to make a quick point about, you were talking about how they had had plans since the 1990s, just basically acknowledging the fact that the American empire was already in decline. I want to like reframe for the audience's understanding. We sit at $34 trillion and growing national debt today. In the 1990s, early 1990s, the USSR had just fallen. We had by far the most dominant military on earth. We had the, by far the most dominant uh, economy on earth. And we only had a trillion or two in national debt. There was absolutely zero reason to believe that the American empire was in decline at that time. It became in decline because of the project for a new American century and the endless wars in the Middle East that, that decided that we were going to police the entire globe. All of that could have been avoided. But I think that the truth, if, when you actually, if you look at it from an economic standpoint, this was a plot from the 80s like they they were this was always their goal because the people that are in charge are supranational they have no interest in national uh you know power or sustainability or any of those things even though they all use that language they all use sustainability um so i think i think from my vantage point looking at the position we were in and having like central planners that were already laying out a game plan for the next 40 years that that in it said that america would be in decline you should be very upset about that yeah, well, I mean, like, and uh, I have no doubt that we are deranging Mother Nature due to large industrial scale, whatever. I have no doubt of that. But if you go back to the Iron Mountain Report, and I, I think it was in the 1960s, and this was UN, I think, you know, um, I forget what other groups were a part of it, but it was the globalists um, for sure, that are basically saying war is is no longer a way to cause influence on a global scale. There needs to be a uniting force, and it is climate. All the way back in the 1960s in the Iron Mountain Report, that's at least out there. You can say, yeah, but how, how deeply has that, you know, um, come to fruition? Well, I mean, to me, let's look, it's definitely come to fruition. It's quite obvious. So that is the main pretext by which everything else is run. And you'll hear... Everything all the way to this company that I'm uh, researching now, Ginkgo Bioworks. They're using Google Cloud Compute to program cells with alternate genetics in order for, let's say, brewer's yeast to make hemoglobin to make Beyond Burgers bleed or to make CBD so you don't have to plant stuff in the ground. You can make ridiculous profits. That is... The, these companies are being spun up by InQtel, by Google Ventures, so big tech and big pharma and, and uh, synthetic biology, it's all happening. But when you watch those commercials, they're saying, well, we're doing this in order to make less of an impact on the climate because we have this major problem. So it's just a given. It, it always rests upon this one given. The, you know, It's the climate, we need to do something about it. We've narrowed it down to one gas that we need to do something about. So now we're gonna control all countries and, and what it is they're doing, what their production is like, um, based upon one gas. And I'd like to go back to Charles Eisenstein's book about climate, and he really puts this into perspective. He doesn't even go into conspiracy. He's just like, this is the absolute wrong way. Even if you like truly know that our climate, our planet is being deranged by industrial scale um, practices, it's not reducible to one gas. And there's a lot of uh, arguments about the the negative role of co2 some are saying like no if like you actually look back in time um some of the most thriving um lush 
types of uh, climates that we've had have many more parts per million of CO2. By the way, guys, I am a filmmaker. I'm an avid researcher. I don't stand on these soapbox like this is what I'm trying to prove to you. I really think we should be asking more questions like this. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, essentially, you know, the carbon that they're trying to reduce is you. <laughs> and and there's there's so much propaganda out there. There's there's mainstream media organizations literally saying, you got to stop having children because when you do, the weather will be better. And, and I'm like, this is absolutely ridiculous. As in the same breath, a couple of days later, they're like, we need to open the borders because there's not enough people born in this country. And people are wondering why. As of course, I'm gonna, I want to circle back to this uh, immigration conversation because there's so many other elements that we could talk about, specifically with what just RFK Jr. tweeted. He said, quote, Texas is right. Biden's failure to secure the border leaves states no choice but to take matters into their own hands. As president, I will end this humanitarian crisis once and for all. I will secure the border and destroy the business model of the drug cartels. A country without borders is not a country at all. We also had a very interesting statement from the governor of Florida that came out and said this just a couple moments ago. Biden is going after Texas, saying that they must remove fortifications from their border. They put wire, they put things to keep people out. Uh, Biden's saying you got to take that down to let people come in illegally, which is just crazy. And I remark that if the Constitution was originally understood to mean that a state could not protect itself against an invasion, that the federal government could force a state to allow an invasion, the Constitution would have never been ratified in the first place. Texas would have never joined the Union when it did. Uh, And if you look at Federalist 46, which uh, uh, Daniel Horowitz pointed out, uh, James Madison talks about uh, situations where federal encroachment can be mitigated uh, by by state action. So you have Texas here uh, that's holding its ground. They have every right to fortify the border vis-a-vis an invasion, and that's Article One, Section Ten of the Constitution. Uh, so, so there. In- Does the Constitution matter anymore? Well, to some people, especially the Biden administration, especially the, the Obama administration, especially the Bush administration. They really don't give a damn about the Constitution, but there definitely does seem to be a divide. There definitely does seem to be a difference of ideology as a lot of the Democrats, a lot of the leftists, a lot of the big statists, they're saying, I don't care what the law says, I'm going to do what I want. What's stopping this situation from getting completely out of hand? What do you guys think? I think it's a bunch of the states grouping up together uh, in solidarity. What was that Ben Franklin quote? we we best hang together lest we most assuredly will hang separately i think is what he was telling telling the other his his friends like yo we need to unite right now or we're going to be picked off one by one and that i think is the biggest uh i i ended our show last night with that exact quote because uh that's exactly what you're witnessing is that all these governors and all these state ags are coming out and saying it in unison that we stand with texas we stand with texas look the immigration crisis is not just a border state issue if you travel across this country you will see massive amounts of migration throughout new york has has lamented the issue chicago has done the same i'm i'm from california i can tell you firsthand it is it is very dramatic um and I think that this is really a, a, you know, a breaking point. Like, are are the feds going to use state violence to allow for an invasion to continue? That's really what we're asking. I mean, that are they actually going to bring feds in and fight the National Guard to allow for millions of more migrants, which have no legal right to be here, 
to come in. I, and I, if they if they choose to go that route, in in some ways, I'm grateful that that this is being tested right now because so many in the in the GOP, the Republicans, those that do believe in the Constitution, still there's only a handful of them, but those that really do. You need to you need to realize that you're being ruled over by people that do not value that piece of paper. As Luke said, many of the presidential administrations in our lifetimes have demonstrated definitively they could care less. They do not. They the only purpose when they read that document, the only reason they're reading it is to find ways to legalize their way around it. Like, that's it. That's the only reason that they actually even consider it. And and a lot of people are making the point right now that it's not Texas that is uh, acting in rebellion. It's the federal government that has gone rogue and Mm -hmm. is literally violating the laws and allowing everyone to walk into this country. As, of course, they give away your tax dollars and screw over the people in this country. Now, the rhetoric is is getting heated, as, of course, we we talked about last night, the federal federal government's response to this. Some Democrats saying a lot of hyperbolic stuff, saying essentially that this latest move is, is akin to murder and that's very strong sensationalistic emotional language here that of course points some very drastic actions that that might be taking place here kamala harris actually um, said something that i think is worth paying attention to i'm going to play a clip of what she is describing as the loss of democracy in a very weird way because it seems like she's describing what the biden administration is actually doing november of, of of 2024 binary And on the other side, you've got someone who has said that if he were back in office, he would weaponize the Department of Justice. Someone who has openly applauded insurrectionists as patriots. Someone who has said that they will go after their political enemies and and applauds dictators indicating that he would be one. So (laughs) let's be really clear about what's at stake. And then, yes, of course, there is then a desire that let's get out there because we can't lose this democracy. We can't. Yes, we have to, of course, weaponize the DOJ. We have to punish our political opponents because they're going to do it. (laughs) That's essentially what she's saying here. And if you look at the policies of the DOJ, of the Biden administration, they are absolutely going after Donald Trump supporters. They are absolutely going after pro-life activists. They're going after teachers and parents that, of course, don't want their children indoctrinated in woke DEI nonsense. And They are the ones that weaponized it, but they're describing a fear to the end of democracy if they do it. This is just absolutely ridiculous and a perfect example of of gaslighting, in my opinion. Yeah, you asked the question earlier, Luke. You said, like, what keeps this from getting completely out of hand? You know, uh, you were citing the Federalist Papers, and I've heard about the Federalist Papers 30, 50 times since Biden. I'd never heard of it before. Maybe I'd heard of it before. Um, But if you think about it, here's what I think keeps it from getting out of hand. The more we hear about this, unless this is the actual intention of it, because I've heard some people say that, like, you know, this is all really just a plot to get people to understand the Constitution more. And I'm like, cool, whatever. I mean, like, it's at least having some of that effect to me. So uh, let me ask you, like, do you feel like more people have dug deep into like the constitutionality of what's happening? A, a little bit, man. But like, 
to think that the the powers that be want us to understand the Constitution better. Oh, I don't believe that. No, oh, no, no. Okay, I okay. was saying that as what other people were saying, like, "Oh, dude, this is all part of like a higher, more godly conspiracy." I'm like, "Oh, what, whatever well, about that." That that would be great if so. But I notice it no matter what is like the the weirder and more, um, especially the weirder it gets, the quicker it gets. Yeah. The more people are like, "Wait a minute." hold the phones. I need to see like what the foundation of this claim is. Yeah. And people are starting to dig deeper. And I think that's why the internet is, is becoming whitewashed at an incredible well, the, rate. The reason that they, they've been talking about the Federalist Papers so much lately is because the federal government lost its mind in 2020 till today. Mm -hmm. they, when, once they started to, to work on federal mandates, and we can't go any further than that because we're not on Rumble yet, but when, once they started to talk about that, it became a major... All, will the states defend their people from federal tyranny? And that's the whole reason that people started to actually dig into this stuff because they realized the brilliance of our founders that in the foundational documents by which we established this nation, they had already thought, they had done a thought experiment for every single pitfall of the, the structure of the government that they were implementing. It's really remarkable when you think about it that like, all of these un unforeseen things, all these unforeseen events, like you could have never imagined if you had talked to Ben Franklin and said, yes, we're going to mandate that you have to put something in your body. He would have been like, well, then you've already had a revolution, undoubtedly, you know, like, <laughs> but they, they included in those the, the Federalist, uh, you know, practices that allow for states to defend their people from a federal government run amok. Yeah. The next kind of step that I personally see here, and I hope I'm wrong, is a kind of response from the Biden administration that's going to try to federalize the Texas National Guard. And the Texas National Guard is going to say no, um, because the, this kind of sentiment of, of having an open wide border is something that people don't want. It, it's something that's affecting the poorest people in this country. It's affecting the black community. It's affecting the blue collar workers. It's affecting the, the middle class the most. And a, a lot of people don't want this. This is why so many states are signing up in support of, of Texas. Tucker Carlson, I think, broke down this larger immigration debate in a very simple way. I want to play this clip because I think it's worth paying attention to with his prognosis of the problem and why the problem still persists. The numbers you need to understand. Yale University released a study last week by three researchers, all of them liberal, I believe, who concluded that the actual number of illegal aliens in this country is not 11 million, it's north of 22 million. 22 million. Mm. Fact one. Fact two. The Democratic Party is now, as a matter of policy, calling for the legalization of all illegals in this country. Citizenship voting rights. 22 million new voters. Fact mm. three. The overwhelming majority of first-time immigrant voters vote Democrat. Fact four. The largest margin in American presidential history was 17 million votes, 1980 election, rather, 1984 election between Mondale and, and, and Reagan. And Reagan, yeah. 17 million. You would add to our voter rolls 22 million, at least, permanent electoral majority in perpetuity. That's what this is about. It's not about making the country better, serving our labor needs, helping the population. It's about putting Dang. Democrats in power forever. Are that you, is the yeah. truth of our immigration debate. That and congressional representation with, of course, the census, with, of course, states now having more people in them because they're sanctuary cities and therefore getting more representation in Congress. There's there's many ways to, to kind of break this down. Someone described as as a larger kind of Koch brothers plan. I think Tucker Carlson uh, surmised it pretty well as, as these Democrats know that they're losing uh, favorability amongst a lot of people. They know that they're probably going to lose. So why not rig the game to the point where they could stay in power forever? And with these immigration policies, they can. 
That's the scary part of this. Well, and, and just to add a little bit more context to that documentary I watched from Muckraker, uh, he, every step of the way, every leg of this multi-thousand mile journey uh, of immigration, he would ask everyone on the trail, who do you like? Do you like Trump or do you like Biden? There was no one that liked Trump. Every single migrant that was coming across said, Biden, Biden, love Biden. You know, uh, I, I, I try not to go full-blown conspiracy theory on everything, but I think Tucker absolutely nailed it there. If you have 22 million that are here now, and as he said, the, that's a three liberal academics that are giving that figure, I would imagine it's probably 25 or 30 million already. You add in another 5 million next year uh, or by, by November, that's 35 million. I mean, that's, that's a, enough to change the electorate forevermore. It's game over. There's no, there's no way the Republicans could have any kind of political power. What else could they do? Um, especially with how soft, how weak they are. They, they, they literally, other than this kind of action of laying down barbed wire and, and protecting their, their border, all, all they're really doing is writing letters and saying, please don't subjugate us. As right. in my opinion, they're, they're kind of... They're, they're kind of the fall guys. It's like WWE. They're, they're forced to be the bad guys in this larger kind of show and entertainment industry that we're all a part of. And they're the ones who are going to take the fall, going to take the L in order to prop up uh, the real kind of witters, the real kind of rigged game that we're all playing a part of. Everyone believes it's real. I think it's it's more make pretend than, than we could actually even understand it and to be. What, what James Lindsay was, was warning about last night, and I, I understand his concerns. He was saying... Well, this is an election year. If Texas were to secede, uh, think about the Electoral College, all those votes that would come off the, the books for the GOP. It's like, all right, yeah, but like, let's be honest. Just because this is happening now does not mean that, that Texas is imminently seceding. I, I think that you have, to, you have to demonstrate that there is weakness within the federal apparatus. And, and this is such an easy way to do it. If you have 20, 25 of these states that come together and say, you have run amok and we will we will allow it no further. Well, and then the Biden administration actually bends the knee to them. That is a huge yeah. win for the American well, people. Well, Tucker describes the, 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 the problem very well off for, for almost anyone and everyone to understand here. And how can you not be infuriated when you see headlines like this from CBS News describing how dozens of migrant families are spending their nights at the Boston Logan Airport sleeping on the floor? These are also people that were lied to, but, but also more importantly... A lot of resources are being spent on them while, of course, everyone else is kind of told to bug off, screw off, as we have this article here from the Daily Mail describing how California homeless people are found living inside caves 20 feet below street level. Yes, this is what a lot of our veterans are subjected to. This is what a lot of the poorest people in this country are subjected to. And it's only going to get worse as now Tucker Carlson is actually triggering the people in Canada that are really not happy that he's going to a public event and describing a lot of these problems. Tucker Carlson just recently said this during one of his major speeches up in Canada. If they're taking away your voting power by changing the population of your country, which they are doing, and no one wants to talk about that, Canada has the highest immigration rate in the world per capita. And shut up, racist. That's not racist. I don't care if they're coming from New Zealand. I don't care if you're taking the population of Stockholm and moving them to Canada. If you change the population of the country, you change the country. And you dilute the voting power of the people who are vested in that country, the people who were born there, who have lived there long term, who understand the history and the culture of the country, who are bought in. 
And all of a sudden, their vote means much less. It's math. And of course, in response to this, there was a lot of Canadian politicians that were absolutely triggered. And according to some commentators, they are going full commie and doing their best to try to get rid of Tucker Carlson and call him out for what is allegedly now hate speech in that country. Here's one of the liberal politicians in Canada literally having a freak out moment. Are you not have been led into the He's been doing this for years. So, what should he have been stopped at the border? I think he, his word should be condemned. We cannot accept that in Canada. This is not us. This will never be. This will never be. Are you not contributing to the divide by coming out here and comparing Paulius to this and making this about him? Are you not contributing to the divide by doing that? If your government has been issued, we're, we're not comparing Whew, that was a great counter there. As of course, I got banned from Canada for political reasons. A lot of people get banned uh, for alleged uh, offenses. I didn't even have an offense. I wasn't even, uh, you know, charged and 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 found guilty of, of anything. But they still targeted me, kicked me out for for ten years. Now they're calling for Tucker Carlson not to be allowed in this country, uh, in that in that horrible country. That just shows you how far gone, how divided people are and, and politicized every aspect of our society to the point where everything now is political. Everything now is left and right. And now you can't even express opinions without people freaking out and trying to ban you from a country. How weak, how pathetic are some of these individuals that want to use state power in order to punish people for thinking differently than them? That's the type of people that we're dealing with. Is there any saving them? I think Klaus Schwab needs to penetrate the cabinet again, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean... <clears throat> With rapidity. Yeah, I mean, the, it, I was wondering if you, if you uh, Luke, if you got that thing from the Hill, that $130 million in unpaid medical bills by immigrants in Denver. Like, that's just one example. I, I'd like to, like, verify that one, but, like... Just one example of destabilization. I got, I got the CDC one that we can't talk about here now. Okay. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up. I'm going to get the, another one. I got There's a process. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, I think it was uh, DC Drano dropped that one. $130 million unpaid medical bills by uh, immigrants in Denver. And if anyone is familiar with Yuri Bezmenov, like destabilization is not just one part of a four-part um in a sense, like a a way to take over a country, but you keep the destabilization going and then you normalize it and then you keep destabilizing, then you normalize it. So it's what I think um, Edward Griffin called the um, totalitarian tiptoe, or maybe that was David Icke, but the idea is that you, you push three steps ahead and then you hold until people get enough of it and then you say, okay, we'll relax one step. The other phrase for that is the ratchet effect. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same same idea. You tighten it, it becomes it feels unbearable, but then you get accustomed to the pressure, right? Mm-hmm. It's the exact same thing that happened with lockdowns. Uh this is this is a, a well tested uh mechanism by which you get people to acquiesce to things that they never would have. Because most people they just want to get on with their lives. Exactly. And so like people as long as they feel like they're not in the middle of a conflict, they'll ease up and they'll just get on with their lives because we're trying to be productive, we're raising our families, we're going to work, we're living our dreams and our dreams have nothing to do with p- pulling other people down. Um most people I would say. But that's the issue with this is like you you ratchet up three ratchets and then all of a sudden you know we have enough we push back and then you ease off just one 
And then we're like, okay, I'm tired of fighting anyway. Let's just, let's call it a truce at that point. Yeah, I got the article pulled up here. Migrant crisis plunges Denver, Maine public hospital deep into the red after patients received $130 million of treatments they were unable to pay for. I wonder what California's bills will be since, of course, they're also paying for uh, Jose's, uh, como se dice? Snip? Uh, no, no, no. They're... Um, their their chalupas to be chopped off as well. Oh. Uh, family friendly show Taquito. here. Do they They're, keep the churro? Uh, no, they, uh, <laughs> California is paying for uh, a chiro reduction surgery <laughs> for Jose in uh, California, as well as other medical procedures that now are going to be gifted to them by, of course, the California taxpayer. That's going to have a lot of a bigger tax burden than they ever had before because they have declared themselves essentially a sanctuary state. Quick mm. quick note on uh, the ratchet effect, too. Much of this is is um, has been advanced in terms of counterinsurgency in Iraq and Afghanistan. Like when, when you're dealing with a counterinsurgency, there is there are psychological warfare tools that are are used against radicalized people that you've invaded their land and they would like you to leave. Uh, I, I am of the belief, I can't really prove it because this would all be very uh, you know black ops type of stuff, but I'm of a firm belief that they are u- utilizing those same tools against the American people. In what way? Well, the, the entire lockdown propaganda... Uh, actually, we should just save it for Rumble. Then I can speak we're freely. Almost, we're, we're like two minutes away from uh, Rumble, a place where, of oh, course, awesome. we get to yeah. speak freely. Give us two minutes. I'll tell the truth then. <laughs> ideas without fear of repercussions and censorship, uh, a place that, of course, is is worth going to. As, of course, right now we are on the front page of uh, Rumble. Right now, we you just got to scroll down. They have a deal with Barstool Sports that has them up for uh, the next few days. So you just have to scroll down a little bit, and we are right here on Picks. And we definitely can't recommend enough for you guys to go and subscribe to rumble.com forward slash we are changed. It's more imperative than ever. As of course, we have a great YouTube audience. We, we worked and invested a lot here on YouTube and now it's all gone because of course of, of bad words and thoughts and expressions that of course has people thinking differently than what the system wants you to think. Trust me, there's a lot of wild, fun, crazy stuff we're going to be getting into all on rumble.com forward slash we are changed. The conversation will, of course, continue there. We got some rumble rants about the CIA already and RFK Jr. We're going to get into all of that, plus a lot more all on rumble.com forward slash we are changed. See you guys over there in a little bit before we go over there. Ben, uh, where can people find you as we leave our wonderful, amazing Kyle and Karen YouTube audience? You stay on YouTube. You're a Kyle and Karen, just so you know that. You're you're a Giga Chad or Chidetta if you go to rumble.com. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, nice. Ben. Yeah, go to benjosephstewart.com. That way you can get access to all my exclusive content that I can't talk about on YouTube. I dive deep on the hijacking of our uh, genes and much, much more. Um, I would also recommend you go, and this is as much as I can say, go to unsafeandineffective.com. It's a film I made with Aubrey Marcus. You'll find it interesting. Nice. Uh, well, let, let me just be the first to say I'm looking forward to vibrating with all of you guys on Rumble, and I'm serious. Like, I just want to emanate and experience the spirit because it's like, how does it feel? Yeah, 530 hertz, it's great, but how does it feel this time? That's what I want to find out. So I'll see you there. You tell him, Ian. You tell him right away. He brought he brought a, a rife machine here. Oh, yeah. we're, we're, we'll get into that. Old a lot vibrator. More. Clint tried to sit on it. I don't know what you were doing, man, but. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just trying to vibrate on the highest level, brother. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can follow him at Ian Carlson, by the way. He was too he was vibrating on too high of a level to plug his own stuff. Uh, at Liberty Lockpot on X, if you subscribe, I will follow you back. I appreciate the support for my work. Liberty Lockdown's the show. Uh, you can I put out a new episode last night that's banger. Check it out. And uh, Tower Gang, I do too, but you shouldn't subscribe to that. And I will be in Georgia this weekend moderating the LP presidential debate. I have announced I am running as the vice president uh, candidate for the LP. And uh, we'll also be doing a live Tower Gang, which you should not watch because it'll be very inappropriate. Steph. Steph, we are changed. You can follow me on Instagram at Steph, we are changed or on Twitter at Steph WRC. You have a choice. You have a very important decision to make right now. Do you want the Kyle and Karen pill or do you want the Chad and Shajetta pill? Well, make that decision right now and go to rumble.com. We're on the front page. Check us out. Support us there. Sign up. Register as, of course, we also are going to be taking phone calls from members of LukeUnfiltered.com. If Josh is watching right now, let's put that in the comment section below so people could sign up and then, of course, get the ability to call in in just a few minutes from now as, of course, finally, finally, we get to breathe a sigh of relief and we could talk about everything and anything including of course gene specific warfare vaccines vaccine injuries covid19 a whole plethora of eugenics population control 4d 5d chess a fifth generational warfare that is being waged against you in such a freaking unfair way. But but to start off this conversation, I, I would like to say it does seem like there's kind of a, an awakening here. It does seem like there's kind of a reckoning here. You look at what's happening in Canada, especially with their latest uh, law legal win against the Trudeau administration there and their emergency actions. You look at what's happening in Texas. You look at what's happening in Europe. You look at what's happening with the corporate media utterly being destroyed. How can you not be optimistic, especially when you look at the poll numbers and you see the populist right making a defiant win over the old John McCain, George W. Bush, Mitt Romney party of warmongers and bloodthirsty pedophiles. How else could you not be optimistic when you see videos like this from Taylor Lorenz literally screeching and screaming that all of her friends are not able to work? Times laid off 115 employees. They wiped out their entire D.C. bureau in an election year. They laid off pretty much all of their sports teams. They killed their entire tech and business section. They laid off breaking news writers, social media editors. The list goes on. But what's really dark is this is just the latest in months and months and months of layoffs in the media industry. In fact, tens of thousands of journalists have been laid off in the past year. Major media companies like BuzzFeed News have completely shuttered their news operations. More! I want more of that, as, of course, these journalists are really prostitutes of the horse tree media that failed you deliberately and sold you down the river for the special interest that poisoned you and screwed you over. That lady, vaccinated, boosted, triple masked, and also complaining about COVID because she still got it. That's the level of cognitive dissonance that we face here. Is there any saving these people? Are we winning? Are you optimistic or are you blackpilled? I'm very optimistic compared to where I was when I was a kid. I, I was I had a blanket over my face when I was a kid. Then I got very dark pilled in 20, 2007 and nine, and then only in the last two or three years I've realized the power of the people, the will of the consciousness when it combines is like unstoppable. Although I can't prove that, it just feels like it. Uh, but I don't think there are saving that you can save all these people though. People can't be saved unless they want to save themselves. But you got to save yourself too. 
you yep. do before you lecture other people how they need to be saved. Yeah, that's, that's an important primary aspect of it that I think is happening on so many different micro levels as well. But it does seem like there's a there's an energetic kind of shift, and it, and it does seem. I, I remember. I don't know, Ben, if you want to talk about this or not, but I remember like right before COVID. There was kind of an, an inkling. There was kind of a, a larger kind of residency, like something big is going to happen. Something major is going to happen. They're, they're going to pull something on us. Um, and they did with COVID, especially with the PSYOP, especially with the vaccine afterwards. This time, I don't know about you, but it kind of feels like it could go either way, but, but it's more kind of leaning towards the, 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 the correct way, the, the reckoning way, the, the, the way that, that, of course, creates opportunity and creation out of out of all the horrible things that we have been put through recently yeah you know i i agree that you can't save everyone there's this thing where i think a lot of people they need a shake-up and i'm not going to get into like a deeper singular reason as to why i think all this is happening but if we were to just take from all this awful stuff that we see and feel happening if we were to take the best from it that we can i would say that me and my personal circle and friends group, uh, a lot of people who they did not want to hear a single thing that sounded a thing like conspiracy or anything against the narrative. They were just like, it's annoying. You must support Trump, this, that, and the other. Now, all of a sudden, a lot of them are waking up. Some of them are actually being honest about like, yeah, I, I really did not have a grip a grasp on like what was really going on. Some of them are just kind of like backpedaling and pretending like they were there all along. Um, but many I, of them can't grasp anything because they have n- nerve damage from the vaccine. So that very good point. Very good point. <laughs> no, um, like, like literally, the guy we had on yesterday <laughs> had Drew, severe, yeah. ner- severe yeah, nerve had, damage. Shout out to yeah. Drew. So we're yeah. on Rumble. We're, you Yo, can say whatever you want. So I can Let say COVID, Hitler, Nazis, vaccines, fags, and tyranny, and yep. trans. Technically, yeah, and trans. trans. Yes. Okay. So what do you there, think? There's probably a creative way we could combine all of that and create like a creature that, a that we can't mention. You said you didn't want to get into like a reason, like a over, like a holistic, like a singular reason of why this is happening. But why? <laughs> he said well, he didn't want to answer know, it. But, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. God, I'm man. fine that you're asking me directly. It's mainly because I think that people they they stand. They, they form their worldview, thereby informing their future behaviors based upon a singular credo that makes logical sense in the moment. Then they stop evaluating it and they move forward as if that static credo makes sense of all the world. And then they'll start using their bias to reaffirming it, but ignoring all that which contradicts with it. That's why I try not to make simplistic like, you know, oh, well, this is happening so we can awaken. So it's you know, the pitfall of being an ideologue. You're saying to maintain cognitive pliability. Yeah, and also, you know, like I keep coming back to this. Like I'm an artist. I'm a filmmaker. Anytime somebody like calls me out and shows that something that I've said before is wrong, I always say like, yeah, well, that's going to happen for somebody who makes a living talking about stuff. So I, it doesn't bother me. I admit it as quickly as I can. And it's happened with a lot of different groups that have like emailed me with hate mail as if we're already in the middle of an argument because I have a different worldview. And they say, you're, you're a complete idiot because the world actually operates like this. And what I do at that point is I do what they don't expect. And I say, dude, I'm not sure if I offended you, but I, I kind of agree with the way that you said it there. Let me look deeper into it. And when I don't fall into this, like we're fighting now because we have different worldviews, they always backpedal themselves and they're like, yo, I'm sorry I came at you so strong. I just really appreciate your work and I didn't understand why you don't 
agree with this. And then it just turns into a normal conversation. So that was a big side tangent on... In all of your experience with psychedelics, have you ever come to think that maybe this is preordained, that this whole experience of life as we know it is part of like a play that we're, we're already cast and like we've already finished the play and now we're just going through the motions of something that's already been completed? Yeah, you know, I don't I don't simplify it to the the externalizations. Like to say it's preordained, I think me, I was bound to do in some way, shape or form what I'm doing with my life. I was bound for it. So you could say that's preordained, but I was a musician before. I'm a filmmaker now and I have uh, shows. I go on talk shows. Um, this is just the way that I channel that ineffable thing that I am. So I won't go super spiritual on it, but like, you know, psychedelics have helped me understand that some people on psychedelics, they go way too far in hyper explaining things that I think it's, it's not serving you to over explain it. And for me, I feel that I'm, I'm here to do good. And it's the moment that calls upon exactly how I put myself to the best use. And it's also amplified by tech, because if I lived just 100 years ago, I may not be a filmmaker, because I had to buy a $2,000 laptop and then get a bunch of cracked software. So I spent less than $3,000 on Esoteric Agenda, which had millions of views. I spent maybe another $1,000 to make Chimatica because I was using some um, archival footage. So, a good example, too, is the podcast world. I mean, just the, the barrier to entry has been decreased so much for the creative. It's really mind-blowing. It also has, has made it so that it's much harder to get to the top and to reach, you know, there used to be uh, any basic cable program would be seen by 10 or 15 million people back in the 70s and 80s because there were so few options. Now there's a tremendous amount of options, but it also means that there's a lot more fringe ideas that are getting to see the light of day. Well, for yeah. instance, I spent maybe not even a thousand bucks to to have a host and to get a microphone and a webcam to start my podcast i'm heard by five million people annually at least i mean it's like this is it's just a it's a really revolutionary time and i think that's why ideas that have been considered fringe are now uh in the the common parlance of the day well it's not just that it's people's ability to to critically think and analyze and see information as it happens as it develops as it breaks down uh larger psyopses that the establishment used to be able to get away with but now they have to think twice about it and this is why i always talked about the larger complexities of the next psyop that probably will be a double psyop within the psyop that will have you acting in one particular way that you think is the right thing to do and in reality you're kind of falling for their traps because a lot of things got very uh complicated very sophisticated and and we have to really look at what their next move is going to be and their next move could be something that we could be fully going into but the larger decentralization of ideas is absolutely key it has Mm -hmm. always led to tremendous changes in society whether it was the invention of books or radio or television you always see a major disruption to society we're still in in the very early stages of the internet we're still in the early stages of people just being able to talk to each other one-on-one peer-to-peer that's revolutionary the changes are going to be vast the corporate media is dying and that's why taylor lorenz is crying because she just essentially put all of her very limited small amount of eggs in one basket that of course are not going to be fertilized by of course the corporate overlords that she decided to serve <laughs> i i can't get yeah. paid one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year to propagandize the american people anymore everybody feel bad for me i don't feel bad for you taylor 
You doxed people. You doxed innocent people. You're a fucking scumbag. You deserve to be in the unemployment line. And you're telling people not to be with their families because of because of code. And you're telling people to get boosted. Are are you kidding me? Mm. That right there is something that, of course, there's going to be a, a, a reckoning for. I think we're going through that reckoning. I think we're going through that revolution where more and more ideas are, are becoming possible, and and therefore humanity is kind of progressing. And therefore, I think this is why there's such a massive attempt to try to quail and stop the human spirit in so many un- underhanded ways. COVID being one of them, which was a deliberate bioweapon that they released on the general public on purpose. I, I think this is why the po- the people in power are so afraid of us. What would happen if the spiritual consciousness of humanity sphered up? Like, what would be the outcome? I think this is it. I mean, t- take a look at what you were just saying about, like, the, there's a reckoning coming and the fact that people are thinking critically. So let's say, break it down to the family unit and and blast this out to what's happening in the entire nation and across the globe, where, like, in the family, let's say, like, let's say the man is cheating on the wife and nobody knows, so he doesn't really have to cover his tracks all that much, but let's say the wife gets one whiff of it going on. Now she's thinking critically in a new way, and he can't use the same tactics to get away with it. And then eventually, if you get the kids to not really trust the father either, then they're going to be thinking a bit more critically about it. So this is why I feel that, like... We've all been cheated on. Right. We've been (laughs) cheated on. I mean, and that's that's a very legitimate way of putting it, too. We've all been cheated on, and the people who now feel like, okay, all this stuff that's going on, I've at least heard from five different people that I know that there's something deeper going on that I'm not being told about. Even if I always revolted at the sign of a conspiracy theory, now I'm kind of like, yeah, but at the end of the day, something weird is happening in this country. It's escalating. It's uh, picking up pace. And then I want to ask a few more questions about it. So I think many people are, they're refusing to keep their head in the sand like they used to. And so that's the spiritual element yeah. to it is like you can look at it in very practical terms. People, and, and I think the powers that be are calculating that into their their kind of uh, programming that they're looking at. Because right now, if you had a situation like 9-11, everyone would call it out. Everyone would be like, well, we, we, this is this doesn't add up. This doesn't make sense. They're lying about this. The government participated and made this happen and allowed this to happen. If they tried to pull off uh, another war in Iraq, everyone would be like, Fuck off. There's no WMDs. Let's do a fucking live stream in Iraq right now. Hey, there's no fucking WMDs here. Why would we try to launch and and, and start a war here? It makes no sense at all. If there's a Gulf of Tonkin, I don't think people would believe it at all. If there was another COVID release, I think people would say, you guys did this to me already. I I see what you're trying Mm -hmm. to do. No, not participating in it at all. People forget this, but it was, I think it was 2014 or 15. They tried to say that... uh, uh, Assad had gassed his own people in Syria. Total fucking lie. Didn't happen. But the Obama administration initially said, we're going to fucking invade Syria. And then there was so much pushback by the American people that he said, you know what? I've heard your complaints. We're going to take it to Congress. Congress refused to to vote on uh, you know war powers or whatever. So they ended up not doing it. I mean, they still did black ops and CIA and a whole bunch of fuckery in Syria. But the American people did not fall for the lie. They they said, we've heard this fucking song and dance plenty of times. We ain't doing this again. Uh, I think that, unfortunately, when it came to the pandemic, that was a new uh, attack vector. People weren't prepared for that one. I think the next go around, Disease X or whatever, people will be prepared. All of their, all of their tools are, they're just a repackaging of the same broad framework that like, 
get them scared, give them a solution, go. Like, and, and now I think our initial reaction ought to be anytime we're scared, you need to get uh, confirmation of whatever the allegations are. And I hope that's what's happening. Right. And so how do we, how do we all in this room figure out what's going on in the world? It's through these devices. So the, like, back to the family analogy, let's say the husband isn't really caught, but there's high suspicion. What do you start doing? Reframing. You make up different excuses. You make different headlines, so you're framing it in a different way. And I always love, this isn't perfect for this analogy, but like, um, you can make a magazine that says Michael Jackson and Faye Dunaway get married. And you, you buy it, you get home, and you open it up, and you're like, oh, they got married to different people. What a ripoff. And then the people who sold it to you is like, sorry, we didn't know you were going to translate it in that way. So to me, that's kind of what's happening. And that's why ChatGPT, I believe, is going to be writing the articles. They're going to be giving you the headlines. Um, I, I don't have all my ducks in a row to be able to say this definitively, but I definitely believe it's going to be the Ministry of Truth at some point, where instead of seeing how it's backed up by various different sources, you're just going to get one voice. Stuff. But the thing that I want to say about ChatGPT is that it's just, to me, it's just computing power because this isn't something that you go to to get truth. This is something that synthesizes all of the information already online and provides and like poops out an answer. And I, I think people get really caught up on this ChatGPT. I think that people can maybe, maybe there's some work to do around how we view this. Well, this is the very kind of uh, simple ways of, th this is the, the, the kind of, uh, like iPhone one of, of artificial intelligence as of course there's, there's other uh, elements of this that are being weaponized in far more serious nefarious ways that are very worrisome that, that isn't out for the general public and we're seeing small iterations that uh, are, are very basic compared to the larger complexities that they're working on at the Pentagon with these private military industrial complex organizations that are uh, literally synthesizing intelligence and quantum computing to a point that the human mind can't even comprehend the larger potential of. So the way that they could uh, essentially wipe us out could be through, of course, short-term dopamine pleasures, could be in a way where we think we're doing something that's beneficial to us or something that's pleasurable to us, but slowly and surely we're we're, we're doing something that either psychologically or physically preps us to be absolutely taken out at any moment at any time. That's the aspects of this that are worrisome, that are um, troubling because they have that power now. They have that ability and uh, why wouldn't they use it if they're already trying to uh, get rid of people in this world? I, well, I, I, I don't know why, why they wouldn't go... I mean... If they can, if someone can, I imagine that it probably will happen. And I'm wondering about this like consciousness revolution that we're experiencing as a species that like if it can be done without without merging with the machine, because you're talking about these people using the machine with like DARPA AI and all these high powered technocratic business governments like using this to kind of corroborate and, and cooperate the people but like what are we gonna have to just dive into the machine and become one with it in order to truly synergize our consciousness or can it be done without the machine because humans are just wild animals oh. man well i feel like that's one of the arguments it's like people talk about transhumanism people talk about like fusing with technology right as like one of these fears well that's kind of why we need to look at technology now and see that there are different ways of of merging with it and it doesn't necessarily mean to that extent of a transhumanist viewpoint. I would suggest that 
it isn't something to frown upon and, and, and try to resist. I think it's something that we want to synergetically work with as an, as an evolution because there's like an organic mm-hmm. evolution of mankind, humankind, and then there's like that, um, there's a non-organic. And I would say that like the transhumanist agenda would be a non-organic evolution of humanity. We have a caller that we're going to be going to in just a little bit, but I wanted to read off some of the super chats. We got one, not the super chat, excuse me, the rumble rants. We got a $50 one from Alex Trader TD saying, Luke, thank you for sticking with the show for over the years. You will carry the torch into the future. Don't ever change. Yeah, we definitely don't change here at We Are Change. We, we're pretty consistent <laughs> on not liking the left or the right. We're, we're very consistent with questioning everything, and we really do appreciate your rumble rant. It does mean a lot to us, especially during these difficult financial times for us. So sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. We got another one here from Crash Bandit that says, Oregon solved the hospitals not getting paid. They just gave illegals medical insurance two years ago. Thanks, Kate, uh, with a a not smiley face emoji. Ricky Ace One says Texas will capitulate because they are all pussies. Prove me wrong. Um, We'll see. Uh, Again, Texas's kind of actions during COVID were following Florida's after Florida, Florida committed it. And they definitely weren't the front runner when it came to pushing back against a lot of the federal nonsense there. If they deputize yeah. those Texans, the Texans are fucking ready to rock. I just want to make that clear. I know a lot of Texans and they, they're already lining the streets and applauding the National Guardsmen. If uh, if Abbott were to come out and just say, like, we're going to deputize you guys, like you go you go defend your border or defend the your property line, they would do it in a heartbeat. Well, we don't know. Soldiers like to follow orders historically, and that's usually what they do. We got another super chat by Cruzy Boo, say Rumble Rant. Thoughts on RFK having former CIA officer Amarillas Fox as campaign manager. You guys have to get America's untold stories. Mark has lots of thoughts on RFK's run hurting Trump more than the Dems. I don't know if you guys have heard of any of that, but I know RFK's former campaign manager, that of course was Dennis Kucinich, who quit after RFK made some comments about Israel that of course, uh, I I guess, didn't align with a lot of his viewpoints. His daughter-in-law, his daughter-in-law was uh, in the CIA when, as many people know, like, once you're in, you're always in type of thing. Uh, and she was in some sort of advisory role. RFKs? Yes. And mm-hmm. and it was uh, because of that, I think that that's why he blew his campaign up by standing with Israel very hard and talking shit about the Palestinians, which was a catastrophic misstep for someone who's trying to get the distant left to uh, to support him. So I think his campaign's dead in the water because of it. Well, he, he essentially aligned himself with a very similar policy to Trump. So what's really happening here behind the scenes, we could all speculate sure. in, in many different ways. Yeah. We got uh, another, uh, you want to say anything? Well, yeah. I just wanted to say that I have looked into, um, so I know Charles Eisenstein, who was basically an advisor to RFK, he stepped down for the very same reason. Yep. Um, but Allison McDowell has very deep thoughts on RFK. And I would, again, go to Allison McDowell on YouTube or wrenchinthegears.com. But what she says, some of the ties and some of the people that RFK have, has worked for in the past, um, even as he's championing Bitcoin, no one's talking about the protocols layer. So you were talking about technology earlier. Millennials or Gen Z, they they want to use the phone. They don't care how it works. They just want to know, like they want to know how to operate it, but they don't care like the physics of how the transistors are working and all that kind of stuff. So to me, uh, I only say that because I feel like the RFK thing when it comes to um, 
the cognitive cities and smart cities agenda is right in line with it, according to Alison McDowell. I'm not going to make a value statement there because I don't know and everything that um, this this um, person who gave the comment was saying. I don't know how to talk about those things, but there are very real concerns. Check out Alison McDowell's work. Steph, you had something to say? Mm-mm. Okay, we have another rumble rant from Bill Cooper was murdered saying, hello, Luke, this is a very short clip of Bill Cooper on immigration as it pertains to current events. I actually uh, clicked on this uh, YouTube video. Let's play. I never I never saw this clip myself. I don't know what he's going to say here, but uh, why not? They want these people coming across our borders because these people are helpless. They're without money. They're without a home. They're without a job. What are they? Victims. What do victims bring? Give them the vote and you're going to have socialism. That's why they don't try to stem the flood of immigration. It furthers the agenda of socialism. I feel sorry for those people. They're being used. And their only thought is to find a good place where they can have a good life for themselves and their children. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he's not wrong. We talked about uh, Bill Cooper, I think, last night. What, his book, Behold a Pale Horse, was a book that I read in uh, my early teenage years that has definitely made me who I am today. A uh, very fascinating book. And, of course, he was also uh, taken out um, mm-hmm. you know, after 9-11, after predicting 9-11 would happen. So Bill Cooper's a fascinating guy, to say the least. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. a, uh, a, a common refrain in the libertarian community that says a world set free in our lifetime and while it's a it's a fine aspiration i think it is utterly delusional and and i think that that is kind of the dividing line between those that are libertarians that believe states uh, you know borders are imaginary and states have no rights to to you know delineate these things uh it, it is ultimately leading towards a globalist government as well as a massive welfare state that ultimately bankrupts and collapses uh, the United States of America. If, if, that's, if that's what you want to see in the world, well, then I would encourage you down the same path. I, for one, despite the fact that I am not a hard nationalist by any stretch of the imagination, uh, I still believe that the values that made America great are extraordinarily unique. They are not intended for every man, woman, and child on earth as much as it would probably benefit them. They don't want it. So I think that that is, that is what makes, that's, that's what separates me from the more, uh, you know, philosophically pure libertarians and the anarchists out there is that as long as there are other cultures, other people that want to have borders, and, and socialist programs, you cannot have all of those people that, that suffer from the collapse of their systems flood into our functioning system and, accept, and, and expect our system to continue functioning. It was just crazy mm-hmm. that, that people visiting the United States legally had to be vaccinated for COVID for a very long time. But if you went into the United States without the, the, the proper border procedure, you were just allowed in. There was no tests. There was no vaccine mandates or, or passports, which is absolutely freaking crazy, yeah. which just shows you what the system is trying to prioritize here as we have a very interesting article from The Hill that Ben uh, sent me that is titled CDC Drafted Held Back Myocarditis Alert on COVID Vaccine. Ray Aurora reacts to report. Um, and, and, and again, it's, it's pretty clear that, that what happened during COVID was a direct attack against the people of this world. The COVID-19 vaccine was even a, a, a double attack, a double assault on everyone, as of course, as you heard yesterday from one young man 
whose life was destroyed because of it. Many others were too. How many? We don't know. They're not calculating. They're not tracking any of it. But Ben, you, you've been researching and working on this particular field for a very long time. I know the rabbit hole goes deep. There's a lot of different theories about your DNA being altered, about your spirit being altered through these vaccines. What's your kind of take on all of this? And what would you say is your most kind of controversial opinion on the COVID vaccine? Well, I would, I'll start with the just kind of the surface level. So I made this film Unsafe and Ineffective with Aubrey Marcus. You can go to unsafeandineffective.com. The official version is going to be up in a couple of days, but you can also watch the old version now, which doesn't have the new Spike Vax commercial from Moderna. Um, so my basically, I use Ed Dowd's work, and I interviewed him for this film. I just talked to him earlier today. Um, he's about to be on Jimmy Dore talking about the film and talking about his latest, which is basically tracking all the excess deaths across the world. He shows charts where it's like, it doesn't start in 2020, it starts in Q3 or Q4 of 2021. And the same thing with millennials, like what could cause a severe spike in millennials dying in Q3 alone of 2021? I mean, some of these no, it's things. It's just despair. It's just alcoholism. Yeah, no. Well, and and you like, I don't mind you saying. Well, look at the the lockdowns. Of course, there's going to be more suicides, more right. drug overdoses, more uh, missed cancer screenings, but none of them, uh, even all together, match what you would look what you would look at Q3 of 2021 that's when people decided to right. kill themselves just, that's when drugs... just when the vaccine came out just coincidentally right. and, and and if you actually look at Dowd's work he was a, a I've, I've interviewed him as well he's a former money manager for BlackRock mm -hmm. um, this man is like a chart wizard he's talking like this is like a five sigma event like there, there's just it's a statistical anomaly that even though you may not be able to like explicitly say correlation causation if you look at the statistical odds of it it's basically a guarantee that it's it's vax derived totally and that's deaths so right. then you know when you take a look at like tinnitus which has exploded up to 70 sigma and then you have uh different various different things that people are dealing with for every one death there's four handicapped people because of vaccine injury is is ed dowd's thesis so for me the most controversial is what you were saying, like, is our DNA being tampered with? Here's what I can say. So Moderna, and this is partly from Whitney Webb's work, um, go to Unlimited Hangout to check this out, but she talks about this company called National Resilience, or Resilience as they're known. They are the company that works on nucleic acids and gene therapies and um, things along those lines that are helping, you know, let's say um, there's, there's different ways that you can approach cancer and various different issues and I don't even mind the fact that we're tinkering with these things for certain people with severe issues. But my worry is that, so Moderna used national resilience to spin up millions, if not billions of, because um, there was 5.55 billion people given at least one dose in a year and a half, which is an incredible feat, by the way. So Moderna used this company to make their vaccines at scale. And there's proprietary ingredients inside there where we're not allowed to know what it is that's going into our bodies, even though it's being mandated. By the way, Pfizer was funding groups like the Chicago Urban League and different supposed grassroots organizations demanding for mandates when it turns out it was Pfizer making it seem like the people were calling for it. So my probably the 
the most controversial view that I have is not really a solid view that I believe our genetics are being tampered with, but I have a couple questions that I want the, the listeners just to just ponder for a bit. Why PCR was used, even when Kerry Mullis, the inventor, said this is not how you test to see if you are positive for a certain kind of virus. PCR is used to rapidly proliferate genes. So you can harvest genes very easily with PCR. You can take one swab and you can harvest a lot of genes from that. Where did those PCR tests go? I've heard people say Boston College. I've heard people say to all the genomics companies in China. I can't verify most of it, but if you look into it, Boston College was getting a big database from um, PCR tests. So that's people's genetics. And the, the very next thing I want to say is this company called Ginkgo Bioworks. I talked about it not too long ago, but they're basically cell programming. So they're using Google Cloud Compute to change the genetics of cells to express itself differently. And Moderna is highly interested in using, also went in and helped invest in Ginkgo Bioworks, again, which uses AI and Google Cloud Compute to do their job in order to spin up vaccines at an incredible um, rate, an incredible speed. So what I think this is all about is forward facing. Oh, there's this invisible disease. How many people have died? Oh, it's tons, tons and tons and tons of people have died. Uh, what's the survival rate? 99.98. Okay. So we need to slam on the brakes for the entire world, lock people down, destroy the middle class for what exactly? I think it was so we could get whatever these proprietary products are inside of people. What's, I don't fully believe in it, but I think if you're not asking yourself those questions, you're doing yourself a disservice. It's a freaking gene therapy that we still don't know the long-term effects that, that could also be integrated with something else later down the line that could activate specific genes for specific reactions. So there's many potentials. We still got to go to one of our callers. Members of lukeunfiltered.com gets to call in. Josh, put that in the comment section one more time so people get to sign up, call in, and ask us whatever they want. But we also have some breaking news right now. As Donald Trump, according to the post-millennial, is now calling for all willing states to deploy National Whoa. Guard to Texas to start the deportations. Yes, you heard that correctly. Donald Trump is calling all National Guard um, to Texas, to the border, to start deporting people outside I of got, this country. I got an unpopular opinion on this one. I agree with Trump on this, but I do not like him saying it. He has already been uh, painted as an insurrectionist. They're already trying to get him off the ballot. I think that like through guilt by association, him being on the side of these folks will now be painted as them all being, you know, deranged uh, fascists it's, and all this bullshit. When in reality, they're doing the most American thing you can, which is defend your own fucking land. Mm. It's my, my biggest problem with Trump, man. I don't hate the guy. He doesn't know when to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Here's That's, the thing. What, I kind of like that about him, though. Well, I was he's just going to say... He's, he, on, he's, on, he's honest when he does that. So I went and I saw Tool, and I was watching these people that are in their 60s up on stage, you know, like command this crowd. And I was thinking, how much do they actually believe in that anymore? But it's a shtick. You got to show it for your, your audience. In some ways, I'm not saying this is what is up with Trump, but Trump has always been the guy who's just going to say it. 
Like, screw how you think about it. Screw how you think about me. I'm going to say it because there are people that expect me to say it. If I don't say it, I'm going soft and I'm not the Trump they thought I was. Yeah, at least he's honest and we know what he's thinking. And that's very rare compared to all these other lying politicians who, of course, uh, t- sell us a whole bunch of lies. So we have our first caller from LukeUnfiltered.com. That, of course, is Solid Snake. Solid Snake, how are you? You would have to speak up a little bit. Our audio is not perfect here because we don't have enough headsets here. But feel free to ask us any question right now um yeah I, I didn't really have any questions i just wanted to say that uh you know you guys are doing a good job and you are we are making progress within the minds of the people and you know normies or whatever and uh yeah that's that's all i wanted to say the, the, we're, we're we all get uh, this feeling every now and then that oh the tide shifting or whatever and the only reason that is is because uh yeah you guys are out here and you you guys are becoming a lot more uh, popular, you know, and it's not just the fringe alt-right internet people that watch you guys, you know, and it's just, now, yeah, I just want to let you guys know that I think your efforts are showing a lot of fruit, you know, and uh, Luke, like Luke, I've been watching you for maybe almost uh, nine years now. And the reason, uh, the reason why I continue to watch you was because of the uh, Epstein, you broke. Uh, you explained to me the Epstein along with another channel called 1791. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that channel. They're not I'm active not, anymore. No. But they were. They were a good channel. Check them out. And but um, yeah, you, you told me about Epstein, and um, and after that, yeah, I just watched you because uh, it was clear to me that you weren't just putting out uh, partisan, inflammatory, sensational garbage. You know, you were actually putting out information. You were connecting. You know, NGOs and and uh, lead, uh, world leaders. And you were doing all stuff like that, as opposed to the other guys. You know, they're more just into the sensational, inflammatory, partisan, fucking garbage. You know, so yeah, you are doing a good job, and I just wanted to say that you guys are, uh, you are making a difference. You know, and to to any normie out there who questions all these sinister uh, theories we have about people in power, just I would always just have to tell them two words: Jeffrey Epstein. That's it. That's all you have to tell anybody about our government and how deep, uh, how deeply corrupt it is and how evil they are, you know? And that's all I wanted to say. Thank yeah. you, Solid Snake. Really appreciate that. Thank you so much for being a member of LukeUnfiltered.com. And you definitely do bring up a lot of important points because the average person out there is kind of realizing, oh, the corporate media is telling me that Jeffrey Epstein's a great guy. There's these crazy conspiracy theorists that they keep trying to destroy and censor and silence that keep talking about how he keeps raping children. Uh, and, oh, they were right all along. And, again, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it, it didn't take a genius to, to connect the dots on, on that particular important case. It didn't take a genius to connect the dots with COVID. COVID or with the war in Iraq or with 9-11. There were so many instances when, again, independent media was proven right and with crucial information saved countless numbers of lives that wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for people speaking truth to power, which is more imperative than ever. Quick, quick update for you guys. Border update. 25 Republican governors have now issued a joint statement in support of Texas in its border dispute with the Biden admin. Quote, we stand in solidarity with solidarity with our fellow governor, Greg Abbott, and the state of Texas in utilizing every tool and strategy, including razor wire fences to secure the border. Uh, so we're up to 25 now. Nice. Yeah, I, honestly, I would rather see that than Trump. I under, I, I totally agree with you guys. Like, I love the fact that fucking Trump shoots from the hip, man. Like, it's that's that's what makes him uh, a rarity in the political establishment. It's just that I know 
that like what they're doing already is righteous and these 25 governors what they're the stand they're taking is noble in its own right and i just feel like it's now going to take it into the fucking politicized spin cycle lunacy machine and i'm just i'm not looking forward to it as long as yeah, yeah, i kind of want to downplay it yeah earlier on in, in the video that i did on my main channel i, I specifically said hey I, I wish this situation de-escalate a lot of people are cheering like yeah and i'm like you don't understand how fast things could turn how deadly they could be and how awful they could uh, be for everyone involved here if this, this keeps escalating in the way that it does so that's why i'm like i hope this de-escalates but that's just my perspective on it personally yeah it shouldn't it should be about I think upholding the Constitution and states' rights, not about doing what a guy said, not about doing what the dude told you to do. Do what's right for the country. It doesn't exactly. matter who who came out and said, go do the thing now. Yeah, like if you question the, the legitimacy of the 2020 elections, it shouldn't have been about Trump. It should have been about like, I thought I cast a vote and I thought it mattered and I think that it didn't. Process. Yeah, it should about have been a bit about process as opposed to this deity that you're trying to put back into power because that's how many people view Trump. And that that's what I've always pushed back against. It's like, yeah, he's he's in my opinion, he's definitely better than Biden, but it's still like if you if you if you actually function from a place of principle, it's much easier to to be taken seriously, and and I think that unfortunately, far too few people that were willing to arrive on January sixth were doing it because they were actually defending the republic or defending our constitutional rights. They were doing it to defend Trump. How many of you think that we're going to make it to the election without something crazy happening this year? I've I've said this a while ago. I said point two percent. Negative 2%. <laughs> right, right. I, I, I said this before. McGregor said it be, before Roseanne said it. And I'm like, there's a big likelihood we won't have an election. Yeah, so. well, I mean, I've heard that from people not just talking about... So Whitney Webb said that if there's a cyber attack or something like that, there would be this for your protection, we're going to stay it. And we're, we're not going to go through with it. But there was this one, Tristan Harris and this other guy. Tristan Harris um, was uh, integral in the um, Social Dilemma film. But he was talking about AI and large language models, and he was saying that 2024 will be the last human election, and he was drawing from a completely different data set. He wasn't looking at um, politics or anything along those lines. He was just looking at exponential tech. So, I mean, I kind of feel the same thing as Whitney Webb. She was like, it's not – I mean, it's likely not going to be another – pandemic to the scale of covid it's probably going to be a cyber attack that shuts down critical infrastructure blamed on some country that turns e maybe hot and kinetic or it doesn't need to go there because the damage well, is already i think there's iran a cyber war launched by them and their terrorists and the hootsie rebels and anything and everything is possible here I, especially with false flags that could happen online that could yeah. be engineered as mm -hmm. the the cia already has the tools to make it look like some other country attacked us it's the easiest yep. way to do the false flag as well it's the easiest way to set it up and by the way there's this film that's almost exactly like this, and Obama <laughs> was involved in it, and you couldn't figure out whether it was, you know, Iran or whether it was China. That was the whole premise of the film, the cyber attack. Yeah, the government was, was releasing fake information, fake drones that were giving off flyers, Leaflets, calling yeah. this uh, a radical jihadi attack. Other people had false news reports that it was China, and that's how they confused people. And that was essentially all a part of the larger plot that was revealed at the end there, as, of course, that one beta cock, soy boy, <laughs> bitch, motherfucking actor really just outdid himself <laughs> in being absolutely fucking pathetic. The watch it infuriated me because Who? every representation Ethan Hawke. Oh. Hawk, I love I my, love how you mad are, this you are, dude makes you are a shame. 
to men. You are a shame to humanity. Uh, my, you should never live down the pathetic bitch that you played because that's truly who you are because you played that role perfectly. I, w- I was at my parents' house over Christmas, and I think they were watching that show. Is that where the two, like the black man and the, yes. his daughter show up to their house? And yep. Ethan's like, let's let him in and stay here. They don't have a place to. And I was like, oh, is this the movie where he's a beta cuck? And they were like, huh? And then like an hour later, they were done. They weren't watching it anymore. Uh, I just want to add one, one additional variable that hasn't been mentioned. I mentioned it on yesterday's show, but uh, you know, this is a whole new Pandora's box that has been presented to us in terms of like what we saw in Ukraine was because of civil strife and because of the invasion of Russia, they ended up canceling the elections. So it doesn't necessarily just have to be cyber polygon. If this does go hot, if there is any actual hot conflict between the National Guard of Texas and federal agents, they could easily cancel the election. Easily. So so let me just play this out a little bit more. What do you think like it it stays as is what do you think happens in like w- there's no election how uh, you know how does it play oh. out joe biden stays in office he's the one that 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 sticks around no i think that they would swap him out with someone younger but if there is no election then the the american people the good old boys they still exist they've been very quiet for a long time they are the most armed population on earth and they will not Permitted. So then we're in civil war territory. Well, that, uh, shout out to Tim Pool. We're in like it's civil war if they do that. Tim well, Pool's having a heyday right now. Yeah, He's on oh that. yes, that's, I've been proven right. <laughs> that's my question right there. Is like also there's there's some of this and this was brought up with the you know the J six stuff. How much of this was wanted to happen so there would be a story to classify somebody? Oh, brother, they, they didn't just want it. They put a fucking fake bomb that if if they had not gone into the Capitol on that day. That the entire narrative would have been they tried to kill Kamala Harris with this this pipe bomb, which that. was almost certainly. Uh, by the way, Thomas Massey on X tonight is doing a Twitter Spaces to break down that footage that he put out. It's fucking crystal clear that was a false flag. Crystal yeah, clear. I think Mike Benz and Darren Beatty were describing how that it was essentially the same bomb that 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 they used they in training facilities. Yeah. <laughs> it's like these lazy motherfuckers really like like we we still couldn't find the the, the guy or, or the person that that left them there. That absolutely makes no sense at all. Sorry, Ben, I cut you well, off. No, I mean, like, to me, it's just like, what if that's what, like, they want for the history books to look like is the Proud Boys rise up and, you know, go even more crazy and they just swing this into, like, uh, you know, what happened because of J6, you know? Yeah, well, I, I think that's a distinct possibility. I think that they, like, I've, I've talked about this a lot, but on the first day of Joe Biden's presidency, they, they reoriented the FBI to a domestic terrorism focus. And they in, in that, they included uh, people with Betsy Ross flags and anyone that basically believes in the Constitution. And they also included libertarians in that, which I am one of. Uh, and they have they have gone out of their way ever since Waco, ever since Ruby Ridge, ever since OKC to try and and pretend as if there is this radical right wing militia movement that is just chomping at the bit to rise up. If if you haven't if that hasn't been disproved by COVID and the lockdowns and having your churches shut down and your businesses shut down, I don't know what the fuck you have to see to have that disproven. It is quite clear the American people are an incredibly docile bunch. Like we, mm. at, like we will only use violence as a last resort. That's obviously true. But they are trying to drive us to our last resort with all their might. Yeah. That's that's my read of it. And one thing I want to say too is that when we talk about the American people using violence as the last resort, or just like even bringing it up 
rising to the government if you look at like europe if you look at like france people can go and storm the bastille and that makes sense and then the government will be like okay we'll stop because it's so small you're talking here in the united states like we can't do that like that's not the way that it's gonna make any difference so i feel like i just feel like that's something to also like keep in mind yeah and i mean like <clears throat> i've heard this before like you know when you said we're a docile bunch like i don't know if that's just america i think that's the, you know the west for one um, because I'm sure you could come up with some examples that like fly in the face of what I'm saying, but it's, it's the West for one where we, we do appreciate the process. We do appreciate the process by which we enjoy our freedoms. And therefore we're very hesitant to do something that is very antithetical to our nature, which is rise up in a, in a lawless seeming way. Right. So I think what it is, is people don't have coherence and this is a, a conscious state. We don't have coherence because we don't want to just get scared into our amygdala and react and, and just go reactive. We want to be able to respond, but we're not allowed to organize. And that was the one thing with COVID that was just, oh, you're not allowed to congregate. Like, well, well not, not just congregate, but also communicate with one another. They, if you were actually telling the truth during that period, they try to deplatform you yeah. from everywhere. Well, also, I, I would say a lot of people are very complacent, are, are very privileged, and very fat. So I think we also have to enter that into our calculation, since we are extremely privileged comparatively to the rest of the world that is dealing with incredible amounts of poverty. We got some super chats I wanted to go over really quickly and then kind of refocus this conversation around uh, health and becoming a better version of yourself. Since we have a few minutes left, I, you know, we talk about this a lot. We haven't talked about it on this show. We'll get there in just a little bit. We got one, mysuperchat.com from Deadhead saying, you want to be Florida man? Can you help yourselves towards being semi-native by supporting the FLA gold depositor and FLA gold digital currency. I don't know what that is. I don't, the digital currencies you got to be very careful of, especially with the central bank digital currencies that they're trying to push on everyone. We got another rumble rant by Truth Hero saying, thank you for a new thing to watch. Great show. Thank you, Truth Hero. Thank you for supporting us, subscribing to us, because as, as again, I keep mentioning 100K subscribers, <laughs> Clint gets tasered. Holy it's shit. going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. Uh, Defend uh, me, Atlas. Ian, Ian, do, do you want to taser? Uh, do you want to taser uh, Clint with me? No, when, is he going to be between the nuts and the asshole though? <laughs> like right on the perineum? That's, that's, that that's called the gooch, and the gooch are shrinking in new children that are born, which is very alarming. I've got an enormous gooch though, so feel free to tase me there. Before we before we transition, I think it's called the mangina for you. I have an enormous mangina, but before we reorient, I have a very important point to make. You're absolutely right that it is the West that has become very docile. I believe strongly that this has been psychological operations that have been ran against us, COVID being the most overt and successful of which that has dispirited us, that it has made us feel as if uh, both we're divided, we're alone, uh, but also that we are incapable of ever prevailing in the face of these people. I want to remind people, and I know we have some foreigners that are watching, and I mean no disrespect to you, but the American people are a very special bunch because in our, not just in our, our constitutional framework, but also in our, our minds, our culture, uh, it is that once there is tyranny, it is not unjust. It is not illegal to rise up. And, and for the rest of the world, they may, they may perceive it that way. That spirit of American rebellion is not going to die as long as I'm fucking alive. So I know there's a lot of people in America that feel that way. And I believe strongly, if you, if you talk to Canadians, for instance, they will say, we're waiting for y'all. We're waiting for you guys to do something. You're the ones with the guns. You're the ones that talk about red, white, and blue, and freedom, and patriotism, and, and fuck these tyrants, and all this shit. 
And we haven't done it. We've been very scared. So I love James Lindsay. No disrespect to him at all. But we need to we need to at least demonstrate that we still have that spine. It may be hidden under fat and seed oils and everything else, but it ain't gone. It's behind your douche flute. Uh, <laughs> uh, I disagree with you. I, of course I, you I do. I think you might be going towards a direction that they want you going to. And uh, violence is never the answer. And the state has mastered this tool to, to such a way that, that there's no engaging in any of that without we're not, losing. We're not on YouTube, Luke. Just tell the truth. Yeah, but, but <laughs> I, I am telling the truth. I I'm know, telling you what I, what, I, what, I, what, I, what I absolutely think here, as, as of course, uh, you, you got to be careful with your, you know, your rhetoric and your language here. But uh, to me, there's, there's no path that, we, that anyone wins when violence is, uh, is, is happening. And the state might be trying to get you to be violent as a way to create a, a pretext for them to, to well, quail and destroy everything that you're Allow doing. me to clarify before you reorient into the health. I'm not calling for violence. Clint if, really doesn't want to do the health stuff because he's going to be targeted <laughs> and, and uh, attacked here for, really his, for his pudgy. <laughs> I don't really care. If you want to meet me in the gym, Luke, I'm going to fucking put you in the ground. All right. All right. So Damn I'm not, I am not calling for violence. I'm saying that Are you got to sit on me. I'm saying that we have, <laughs> you son of a bitch. I'm saying that, that we have to demonstrate that, that we are not their slaves, that we still have how autonomy. Do you, you, how do you when, do that? When they say you have to put down this barbed wire, you say no. And you fucking stand there. Defensive violence is not, is not aggression. You have every right to defend yourself. And if you're if you're saying we shouldn't even come to the point of defending ourselves, well, then you've already given up your ent entire bodily autonomy and everything else. I, I disagree. I think you just have to calculate into how they might want you to do that for a reaction that they want and that they're prepping you for. Um, and, and and again, violence, I don't think, should ever uh, be the answer. And also, the state uh, has has and weaponized it in many different ways. If someone if someone barges in this fucking place right now that and you use violence to defend yourself, is that wrong? If I'm in New York City, I'm going to go to jail. If so you're I'm not going to defend yourself. I go to jail. Look, uh, you're going to defend yourself. Why are you lying? You know you're going to defend yourself. I'm, I'm letting people know the reality of, of the consequences of people's actions and situations because they're not just always that black and white. Uh, there's a lot more gray to this. There's a lot more to pontificate and think about, especially when it comes to falling into a trap which uh, I think is more important than ever to kind of think about now during these tumultuous times. Yeah, you can also build systems that circumvent or subvert uh, power, power structures. So like decentralized and, um, and, and encrypted messaging services, mesh networks, things that can't be centralized and co-opted by the CIA or FBI. Those are good ways to defeat the enemy without having to fight. So that that's also another way to do you it. You might not like to hear this, Clint, but but a, a, a good solution is being healthy. <laughs> it's being happy. It is being in shape. And I think if there ever was a way to resist the modern kind of attack on humanity, the, the attack isn't as simple simple as you think it is. It's not firing shots. It's not the government coming in and putting people into camps and killing them. They, they realized that takes a lot of work. That takes a lot of effort. You need a lot of bullets. You need to really get rid of a lot of bodies really quick. That's really inconvenient. We're, we're in a fifth generational warfare where people in their own indulgencies and in their own dopamine addiction and loops are, are literally uh, killing themselves off. It's to a point where they're sterilizing themselves, they're cutting off their dicks, they're, they're ingesting all these horrible chemicals that are euthanizing them, that are get, getting rid of their fertility. That, that, that is an attack. Could the COVID-19 uh, bioweapon, the COVID-19 vaccine, that's a way of killing people in, in soft kill ways 
that is far more effective for the government to perpetrate. And the best way to resist that is through, of course, being happy, being healthy, working out, going to the gym, making sure your diet is right, making your making sure you're supporting local farms. That right there is the resistance that I want. I want people to become the strongest, best version of themselves. And the battle is being fought in people's minds more than it is in actual streets or with actual guns. And That's their just guts, no joke. Their stomachs, man. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about but our comment section is fucking on fire right now. It's, oh, little, it's yeah. hilarious. Oh, <laughs> I, I would also say, like, to to each their own. We all need to know, <clears throat> have some kind of semblance of how we would respond and react in case of the the grand whatever would happen. This is what Brazilian jiu-jitsu and martial arts is all about, is you don't know how a fight might start. You just want to know how to respond and do what you know you should do should you be put into a compromised situation. And this is why we're having shows like this, is so the audience can mull it over. Because at the end of the day, I'm not here that's going to say like, hey, if people barge into your house, here's the protocol. If the government comes and asks for your guns, here's the protocol. Because I don't know their situation. So this is actually part of the awakening we've been talking about. If we don't all get clear on an individual level, nobody's coming to save you. Nobody's giving you the manual or the blueprint on how to get out of this. We each need to rise up to this occasion and that way, like, you at least know that you've thought through, should the grid go down, what are you going to do? Oh, shit, I should have thought of that before. Right, that's why we're having these conversations yeah. over and over and over again. It's the only time I don't mind talking about the same shit over and over and over again, because eventually people are going to be like, yeah, whatever, Ben's off his rocker. And then they see something on the news. Yeah, maybe he's not completely full of shit. And then they see more on the news and they're like, okay, maybe I'm going to bag of, uh, you know, buy a few bags of rice and get a water filtration system. And the more we talk about it, the more you watch the news that triangulates us right to where we are. So the audience has to get clear with what are you going to do? We're talking about what we would do, but you need to defend not just defend, you need to stand in your power. That's the main thing. We got uh, mysuperchat.com from Rain Skies saying, this is literally fucking MKUltra shit. Can you guys address marketing and MKUltra, please? Who wants to take it? Well, MKUltra is a very specific um, program, but the concept, I, I, under, I completely agree. The whole concept is hook people when they're young through certain traumatic experiences through the Pavlov kind of um, entrain that traumatic experience and whatever the trigger is to a specific kind of behavior and then begin using that trigger, not the trauma, to, in a sense, keep people in their cattle shoot. And also you can create sleeper cells that way. Um, but that to me is exactly what media and phones and this this hyper intoxication, not just on the dopamine level, but we look at our phones how often? 12, every 12 minutes we're looking at our phones to see into the window out into the great wide world, but it's curated. And to think that the technology itself is neutral, it's not. Understand what the algorithms are doing. They're driving engagement. Okay, that sounds neutral. How does it drive engagement? polarization and reaching the amygdala. They found that outrage is reshared five times more than, you know, cute cat videos and stuff like that. Outrage. If you can get somebody to feel outraged. My wife was just reading me something. I forget what it was, but it was something about the, the whole transgender thing that just seemed absolutely ridiculous. And I saw the disgust on her face. And then I know who sent it 
to her and I was like, I could feel the disgust on his face. What if that headline wasn't written explicitly that way in order to get disgust from people who are now afraid of that in the same way that John Kerry is like, it's too late. Is it too late? If you say it, words have power. So that's where I think the MK Ultra thing comes in is you repeat a lie often enough, it becomes truth, then people make it their worldview and they behave as such. I think living within your amygdala is, is ultimately dangerous, but I think that there is also simultaneously, as you're absolutely right, and we are being programmed in that fashion, there is a fuck ton of shit that's happening that you should be disgusted by. So it's like, can you find that balance where you're not you're not just constantly in this like, reaction mode because everything's so fucked up around you but can you can you take it in but then also rationally process it can you have any level of mindfulness while simultaneously in this firestorm just, That's just really balance. quick we got more mysuperchats.com one from lane boy saying vibrate vibrate through the internet ian you got to try to talk to matthias de Sefantano on your personal stream great show guys love the discussion and then we got another super chat by dtw saying feds have jurisdiction of the border do the do they have jurisdiction of construction anywhere else in Texas? No. Texas should border up 20 feet inside their state, tell the feds they can patrol that all they want, but no one is allowed inside their state walls. That's an interesting kind of strategy here. As, of course, we also just released I Stand With Texas t-shirts on thebestpoliticalshirts.com as we are monetizing this situation for our own <laughs> personal benefit and the growth of this independent media organization. We're already over time, um, a really great discussion, really fascinating. We didn't talk about a, a gajillion things I wanted to talk about, but I thought the issues that we talked about, we talked about in a very coherent, very uh, blunt, real, honest way. Ben, thank you so much for that conversation. Where can people find out more about you and the films that you work on? Yeah, definitely find go to ben at, uh, benjosephstewart.com. You can find all my social media. You know, you go to Instagram uh, at benjosephstewart.com. Um, same thing with X, um, at Ben Joseph Stew. And just find my social media. You can connect with me there, but you'll find all my exclusive content. If you sign up every single week, I'm putting 30 minutes out. That's kind of like a mini documentary based upon stuff I can't say on YouTube. I dive deep on all these topics as well as awakening, you know, because I'm not just sitting here talking about the problems. We need to elucidate the shadow in order for us to transcend the real thing rather than just go into the woo-woo territory. So benjosephstewart.com, check it out. Yeah, there are shadows within shadows. If you don't open your eyes to see the light uh, around them, you'll start to see clouds within clouds. And also, I checked unsafeandineffective.com. I think that that's, not, that's a broken link. Was that a movie? I have the link here, unsafeandineffective.com. I couldn't spell it right until Stephanie... Just the spelling. Until <laughs> Stephanie spelled it right for me, and she literally like went into the computer. We, we have it posted up right now. We oh, just good. Po we posted the link in the comment section so people could watch it. But, Ian, you're just as bad of a speller as I am. But... It, it, yeah, you spelled it wrong. You spelled it wrong. You spelled it wrong. Go into the comment section and rumble. I just posted it there. Oh, nice. Where can people find you, Ian? You can find me pretty much everywhere on the internet at Ian Crossland, uh, all the social medias. And you can definitely find me at Timcast IRL, Monday through Friday, uh, Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Timcast IRL. And I'll be here for most of this week. Hell yeah. And possibly next week as well. We'll find out. We're going to so, fucking vibrate, brother. Dude, Let's go. Yo, by the way, you wanted that <laughs> vibration on the internet. Here's This is just a taste of what's to come. You guys, we're vibrating right now. Right.
You, so you guys vibrate. do that privately, okay? You guys are <laughs> on the rifle machine and we're going to vibrate collectively later. You guys vibrate later. yourselves privately, not here and on the Rodowski property, please. is awakening. Yeah, that guy mentioned uh, that, that, Your that root Rumble chakra rant. is being activated. <laughs> they mentioned Matthias Stefano. You might know that guy. I do, yeah. And apparently he has, has past lives. He recalls, like, he's from, he has past life in Atlantis, I think. Fascinating dude. Yeah, he's on Gaia. Yeah, I met him through Gaia. I'd love to. I'd love to talk to him. So maybe you can put me in touch with Matthias at we'll some do. point. All right, Ivory Tower Gang, what's up? Clint Russell at Liberty Lock Pod on X. Liberty Lockdown is the show. Please do subscribe. It's also on Rumble. New show ju- just dropped last night. I'll be doing doing another solo, and then I am off to the Great ATL to moderate the LP presidential debate this Saturday in Georgia. Just Google. LP presidential or LP state convention, Georgia, and you'll be able to find tickets. Come out and say hi. I'm uh, despite yelling into the microphone. I'm pretty nice. Uh, and I'm also in better shape than Luke makes it sound like, but uh, you won't believe that when you see me. You'll just be like, look at this. Fat <laughs> his son of a shape bitch. is pudgy and round. <laughs> he was on the treadmill earlier today. I hear that's How right. Was that? I was uh, treadmills are for status. Go for a walk. All right. Jeez. Sorry. Go ahead. Steph. We are changed. Steph WRC on Twitter. Thanks. All right, guys, go for a walk, get some exercise, become the best, strongest version of yourself. I love you. Thank you again so much for watching here on the bestpoliticalshow.com. Subscribe, and then we taser Clint. Bestpoliticalshow.com. All right, that was great. Yeah. Ten seconds out, since we don't want to do all that. That was a, that was a great show. Nice. That was.